You don't know about that. You've never even oh. seen it. I don't know about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> have you seen Queen of the Damned? <laughs> of course I've seen Queen of the Damned. Okay, mm. but have you read the Vampire Lestat? Anytime oh, you say, have book. you read, just stop. Because the answer is going to be no. <laughs> the, the last book he read was Shel Silver, Silverstein in like third grade. No, I read it actually. I read it in the attic. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, a different artist, and we break down their record, and uh, we try to have a good time doing it. Uh, my name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff, but a little bit closer to us is friend of the pod, Dane. We have Dane on the pod to talk about his brand new album from his band, Dane, Dane and the Death Machine. It's called Vampire Disco. He put it out on Halloween of this year. Um, while you're listening, go to... Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and five stars only. Go to all the social media is at Asinine Radio. We have a Discord server. If you want to join that, let us know. We'll send you the link. And we have a phone number. You can call us, leave us a voicemail, send us a text. The phone number is 503-893-5307. And now that the intro is out of the way, let's jump right into this. So like I said, we have Friend of the Pod Dane to talk about his new album, Vampire Disco, that he put out on Halloween. So Dane, welcome back to Asinine Radio. Thank you. I love yes. being on Asinine Radio. So Hell yeah. This is I think this is your fifth appearance in the last six years since we've done this. That sounds that sounds about right. Fifth Yeah, because maybe we've sixth. Done, I don't know. This is the third time we've done your band. And then we did Sugar Ray with you once, which was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if we did maybe maybe it was just fourth this is your fourth time then. No, was, this is was this it Turtles is the episode? Sixth. Yes, this is the six because we also did Turtles and we did a Super Dope p- Comics. That's right. Yes. But I think the Turtles was part of the Super Dope Comics. I don't think it was a dedicated episode. I think it was just oh, all in one. Oh, is that, is that right? Yeah. We, didn't we plan on doing a full Turtles episode? We, we, well, yeah, yeah, we wanted nobody to ever do finished it. the series except for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I finished the series, just not not like... At the same time that we were all supposed to watch it, I, I just uh, finishing turtle series is just something I do, you know. As, <laughs> as t- How many times have you watched that show? Oh my god, I don't know, I don't know. And now, now having kids and turning them onto it, it's like I don't know. I've watched it so many times. It's awesome. That's rad, though. That's yeah, rad. I watch so much turtle stuff. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. All right, guys. So, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about Vampire Disco, how it came about. You know, the behind the scenes. Where's the what? How'd you come up with the title? The artwork I want to touch upon. So I guess kind of before we start, kind of looking into any specific songs, um, let's talk about let's talk about the title. Where did that come from? Or the backstory behind all that? Uh, so the title the title actually came from just. I made masks first, um, 
And I was trying, I was trying to make like some uplifting EDM sounding music, which I just apparently failed at because I made masks and it's like the most gothic club anthem, whatever. Like, I don't know. I just imagine like it's something you'd play at a gothic club at like 2 a.m. And, um, Mm. and I was sitting there with my wife and we were talking about it and I was like, this, this is like vampire disco, you know? Like, I think oh. that's what I've made here. And, like, the genre is vampire disco. And then, flash forward to a few weeks ago, and I realized, like, there's a, there's a Bob's Burgers episode where they have, like, a vampire... I can't remember the exact name of the movie that they watch, but it's this uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show kind of parody that Bob takes mm. Tina to. And it's like vampire disco death something. I don't know. It's like the title. And I was just like, I watched so much Bob's Burgers. I wonder if that was just like subliminally floating around in my head somewhere. And that's where I came up with the name. So, huh. so I might have subliminally stolen it from Bob's Burgers, but I definitely <laughs> didn't do it on purpose. Which is fine. It's still, yeah, it's still unique enough. It's not like. I mean, most people wouldn't catch the reference, I'm sure. Yeah, and and the full name of the movie in the Bob verse is like, it's, I'd have I'd have to look it up, but it's, and I'm sure anyone who's listening, look it up, whatever. It's it's like vampire disco death dance, something like that. Super awesome. I love it. I have no qualms if it was subconsciously floating around in my head. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of yeah, that's where the name came from. I thought it was interesting, you know, you put out music for since the early 2000s. And this is the first like electronic record or music you've ever put out. I've, it's always <laughs> acoustic based or maybe a little bit more, a little bit more hard rock, you know, got emo, things like that. But yeah, I'm, this is just straightforward, like electronic music. That's what it is. So electronic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was really surprised when I heard it. Well, and the, the fun thing was... Uh, I feel like we really, we did a really good job of promoting it as far as like on Instagram goes. Um, And we had a lot of people who were excited about it and people didn't know if it was a single. They didn't know if it was an album. We didn't tease any of the songs. Um, People had no idea what was coming. It took a lot of people by surprise when it ended up being such an electronic album. So that was really fun for me uh, Mm -hmm. to just kind of like... I don't know, throw such a curveball. <laughs> it's like it was really It really was. And <laughs> and I will say, I mean, you did you did promote this a lot online. I like it was at least once a day I saw some post, you know, with with some AI cuz it's all AI artwork, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I figured it's it kind of it kind of cuz you know AI art has that kind of look, that kind of that dreamy look, and so you could just kind of tell, but it it's all really cool. I like how everything looks, the colors and everything like that, the purples and pinks and it was it was a great promotion, honestly. Cool, and it Thank seemed to you. work out well for you. Yeah, I had I had a lot of fun with it. I had a lot of people that were like really stoked on on the album coming out, and uh, we had a really good reception um, in the first few days. Um, the first mm-hmm. twenty four hours, especially, was like really exciting to watch all of the plays just kind of blow up. And I, I mean, we hit we hit over like two thousand streams in the first couple weeks and uh um, that's rad yeah it was it was super cool and 
And it was fun creating that world uh, with the AI art, you know, like creating this whole space that the album lives in almost. Um, and mm-hmm. that, that was kind of my goal with it. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a traditional artist, uh, which you kind of touched on with, you know, I, I usually make music in the traditional sense. And as far as like my artwork goes, um, you know, I've, I was traditionally trained a fine artist uh, through college and, and doing oil paints and watercolors and pen and ink and charcoal. And so really just making a concerted effort to dive into the electronic world for this whole experience was like something really fun. Uh, and, and like, yeah, I do like when I look at the art, like that, that is like the world that, it's like I wanted it to look like just a bunch of pictures from this wild night at like a vampire disco, you know? <laughs> yeah. What um what bot did you use to make that art? Because there's like so there's so many of them out there now. Yeah, I was using the Dream app. Um, and oh, and okay. so I actually have that app on my phone. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. Um, it like it takes a mixture of, of text inputs and uh, you can also do visual inputs as well to kind of guide it. Um, okay. Okay. I w- that's what I was wondering because I, I remember seeing some pictures and I could tell they were pictures of you, but they were obviously really distorted and they looked all fucked up. And I kind of thought like, it's crazy. The AI was able to generate that based off the text. So <laughs> I guess now, I guess now it makes more sense that you, you gave it a picture to, to reference rather yeah. than just text okay yeah that makes sense, i then. i used a lot of i used a lot of pictures and word combinations to to achieve the uh the world kind of building aspect of the ai art and um used a lot of i, I used a lot of pictures of uh of like actual you know disco shots from when disco was in its prime Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it does have this, like, I don't know, this really cool hot pink and shiny and, and glamorous and also like terrifying feel to it. Just yeah, kind of yeah. fun. No, it looks great, man. It looks great. Did you use Thanks. a picture of the Undertaker? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. No way. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I seen him. I seen him there. Yep. <laughs> That's great. I 100% was just like I am going to use the Undertaker for, for yeah, one of these a cool, pictures. Such a cool pose too. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Wait, for what picture? Not the album art. What, what no, picture is it? Just one of just one of the many promo pictures oh, okay. on Instagram. Are <laughs> you uh, going through it right now, Jeff or something? Uh no, that is so that so like when I go on Instagram, because I, I'm afraid of missing out on, like, vinyl releases, so I usually check it, like, twice a day, but I scroll through so fast that I only pick up when things are posting about records, otherwise I just kind of scroll by, but I remember keep, I kept seeing these, these pink things, what you're talking about, like, over and over, day after day, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, why do I keep seeing this? Why does Instagram keep showing me this when I'm not stopping or liking or commenting or anything? And it took me, like, a while to realize that it was... It was you. It was you posting these things. <laughs> and the one that like made me really kind of like stop and, and look was the Undertaker one. Oh yeah, I that that one was one of my favorites. I just it's so badass. It's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I had I had a couple people comment like, "Is that the Undertaker?" and just one hundred percent unabashedly like, "Yup, isn't it awesome?" <laughs> <laughs> like, That's sick. And he fits into my world of, of vampire disco for like, sure. Th- yeah, yeah. The Undertaker is is like uh, probably one of the most famous DJs in the vampire disco world. Like, as well as being, you know, like a gladiator champion. But I can just see that dude, like, at the Vampire Disco Club spinning albums and everyone just being like, yes, we love this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. All right. um, So I guess. So what what I wanted to ask or what I wanted to bring up, we were supposed to have somebody else on the podcast with us. Uh, We were supposed to have your friend Alec on, on the podcast, but he is not feeling very well. So he had to. He had to bow out uh, tonight. Yeah, but he. Um, but I, from what I understand, he uh, he was a part of this project as well. He he contributed to it, or or what? What, what was his involvement? Yeah. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, it's just it's been going around lately. You know, I, I've we just got over being sick as well in our house, and just it's like it's the season for people feeling bad. So he's very sad that he can't be here. Um, but his, his involvement as, you know, Alec has been a longtime member of Dane and the Death Machine. Um, I've been making music with him for over 20 years now. Um, he's he's like, he's like my right hand man. He's, he's my brother for life. Um, I just love the guy. And basically what happened is, uh, DSM five wrapped up and we got done recording that Wesley and I, and, mm-hmm. um, Alec and I were going to be working on this new project called life support. Um, and so the idea behind life support is that we're going to take, you know, some electronic music and try to make something a little more positive, like the opposite of death machine, right? It's a life support machine. Yeah. And so I sat down and I started tinkering with some electronic music. And then, like I said, masks came out of it. The next thing I know, um, like six weeks later, I have an entire album recorded. And I'm just like, what the hell? And, And so I show Alec, I was like, dude, like, I just like this came out of nowhere. Um, I, I think I'm going to release this. And he's like, well, you could release it or I could make this like really good. (laughs) And and that's kind of like, that's kind of like how the conversation started. And he's like, let me just mess with one track. And if you like it, you know, we'll go from there. And, um, you know, me being a little bit of the control freak that I am, uh, when it comes to, to art sometimes, um, it was a it was a scary prospect to me because I've I've collaborated with people before and collaboration mm-hmm. is great and it's one thing but then like I kind of made all of this in this like manic flurry and he's like hey let me see what I can do with that and so I ended up giving him moon rocks first and he went mm-hmm. through and he just he started to make it sound really good. And, um, and we finally got to this point where it is it basically became, he was the producer of the album. Okay. And, and, and so there are certain parts on the album where, um, he, 
he definitely had a lot of artistic license on the album. There are parts where he added, um, you know, some live bass performance, um, some parts where he added some, some, uh, like MIDI drums or just some MIDI effects in general, or there's even on the song Pavlov's God, uh, we completely scrubbed my live bass performance and he ended up going and replicating and making better the bass with MIDI. Um, and, and, you know, he completely mixed everything. Um, it, it just, he turned it from a really raw Dane and the death machine album into like one of the most polished poppy Dane and the death machine albums that I think has ever been released. And yeah, it definitely has a lot of pop elements in there, but darker, definitely darker. Definitely, definitely darker. But I, I feel like the darkness is almost like a campy darkness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like it's it's really goth, but it's like really campy at the same time. And uh, I love that about that. There's a little bit of sense of humor in the album. I feel like there's there's a little bit of tongue in cheek, um, mm-hmm. which which is also different from a lot of Dane and the Death Machine albums. And and I just. I am so happy with the way that the album turned out and there is absolutely no way it would have turned out the way that it did without Alec. And like, um, it, it just, I, he spent more time mixing and producing the album than I spent writing and recording. Like it, Damn, it's, well, so I, I did, see, I didn't realize he, he did any, cause I mean, I know he's a drummer and everything. I didn't know he contributed that much, you know, to the, to the synths, to the bass, to everything, you know, down to the, to the mixing, I guess. Right. You, you said mixing, right? Yeah. The, the mixing, okay, yeah. the mixing he did, he did all the mixing. I mean, okay. I, I mixed what I had and then I handed it over to him. He completely, I mean, I still have the scratch tracks. I can send them to you at, at some point, like what I was going to release versus what it turned into. Yeah. Um, that'd be, that'd be cool to listen. I'd definitely be down to check that out. Yeah, I'm I'm actually thinking about releasing the uh the demo tracks on CD and cassette. <laughs> That'd be sick. <laughs> yeah, and and I think I might do that. Um I don't know if I make like a deluxe a... version of Vampire Disco. Oh, like every other band do a deluxe version. That's that's actually a really good idea too. We'd have to wait until next Halloween, but that's a good idea. That's mm-hmm. a really good idea. I I would do that on next Halloween for sure. But in, in yeah, the I meantime, be, like, be I, I do want to make cassettes for sure. Um, I'm thinking about playing live again solo, but like plugging in the songs through my laptop and then like having a keyboard and a bass and a guitar and just kind of like rotating through instruments and stuff and selling cassettes at the shows. Oh, okay. That'd be pretty um, cool. That's a cool idea. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see if that works out. I'm really scared though. Like I'm, I'm really nervous at the prospect of playing live again, but I mean, when was the last time you played live? Yeah. When was the last time? Oh man. Um, like five years ago. Okay. Was it a full band thing that you were doing at the time or was it acoustic? No, it was me and my buddy John in long beach, uh, doing acoustic. Mm. And, um, we were, we were outside of like a, a bar and grill on their patio space. Um, it was, it was not, it was not a great experience. I mean, it was great playing with John. 
I love playing with mm-hmm. John and it was fun. It was fun playing out on the street for long beach. Right. But like, it wasn't like a show. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, I get that. Would you, uh, would you think about pressing it on vinyl or anything like that? Or do you just oh. want to do CDs and cassettes? I mean, it's, it's obviously easier to do CDs and cassettes. Yeah. Right? The, the, the CDs and cassettes are just so cost effective. Um, and, yeah. and vinyl is like really expensive and, it really comes down to like if I were to press vinyl, I would have to, it, it would almost be like investing in, in the stock market or something. Like I'd have to be willing to just like <laughs> lose that money. Yeah, no, I get it. It's, it, it can be pricey. Jeff and I have looked it up before to, to press stuff and it's, uh, it's pretty costly. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, so we it's, get it. it's really expensive. And, and if you're only going to do five, then that eating that cost is one thing. But if you're going to do 50 pressings and it's like, you got to sell them for, at least thirty five, forty five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I'd I'd like to see kind of where we, you know, where where things pan out before then. I mean, I already, I already invest a pretty good amount of money into just like recording equipment and and band equipment uh, just for me to play by myself. Um. So, I I would like more than like 220 monthly listeners on Spotify before, before I press vinyl, I think. Um, That's understandable. It's understandable. But I I mean, and also, you know, there's, there's a lot of promotion that would need to be done to, to really sell it to like, I, I get it. It's yeah, it's tough, man. And, and you know what? I mean, there could be a point where, um, where I'll do, I'll do like a special order. Like I would be willing to do that at a certain point where it's like Mm -hmm. if I had 20 people who wanted to for sure buy vinyl at an expensive cost, like I would press 20 vinyls and, and just be like, Hey, it's going to cost a lot, but I'd do it. Um, but you know, already we, we would, we would buy them in the bank, baby, dude. I I know a few other people who would, so I'll look into that. Like I really will look into that. But uh, I I would, you know, I'm at a point where I'm really interested in kind of pursuing uh, just just for the fun of it to see where Dane and the Death Machine can go at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that's definitely something I, I would I would consider in the future. Um, I just we'll see if I can get the cojones to play a live show again. <laughs> no, it's scary, man, especially with this kind of music like you said you've never done anything like this and then having to put this to do this live i imagine it it's would be kind of difficult because of that but um well so i have this idea and this so when i think about the idea it actually sounds really cool so what i'm thinking of doing a live show is basically just hooking up my laptop and playing the album over the the pa system and then mm-hmm. having a microphone, having my keyboard set up, having a bass, and uh, just dressed fully <clears throat> like like my full dad mode, right? Like with with like a Hawaiian <laughs> shirt and my New Balances and my shorts, and I have these like great '70s glasses, and I'm gonna get these uh whatever the the band is that athletes wear right so it doesn't fall off your head it stays around <laughs> your neck i want to get one of those and uh, and i'm thinking of of getting a smoke machine 
and a little light show and then one of those room space projectors <laughs> and um and should be pretty sick and playing shows like that and just and just basically doing like a mark rebele right uh is that is his that... name mark rebele the loop daddy Where i don't he, know i don't know he, who that is he just like he just plays loops and stuff and and uh or just it'd basically be like karaokeing my own music but i would just get super hyped about it you know i mean i've seen bands do that before or like groups where it's just two guys and they essentially just play the track and then they just sing over it it's just the instrumental track and they just sing over it and they're jumping around throwing things in the crowd and you know yeah i don't know if you, you remember that band peach cake they were local here in orange county but uh, that was the kind of shit that they used to, they were like this electronic duo back in the mid 2000s and that's what they would do they they played at chain all the time and it was just the two guys and they would just run around and throw shit in the crowd and dance with people it was like dance like pop dance music it was a lot of fun which which that's kind of what i'm going for i think um like and, and i and if people would have a fun time doing that i think i would have a fun time doing that um, yeah, and yeah. so that gives me a little bit of hope right there that you just sort of like proof of concept. <laughs> hey, it could work. No, it totally could work as long as as long as you have the. I think it it comes down to you know the confidence to do it. Like if you if you people see that you're having a great time, they're gonna have a good time. You know, and and the thing is too with you, you played in front of people hundreds of times, so it's yeah, it's not like your first gig, you know. No, I would so. I would not have a lack of confidence. That's for sure. I just <laughs> I'm just <laughs> yeah, like I'm yeah. just like I'm wondering. I'm just like, man, could this work? And so I've been I've been doing the logistics, right? Like kind of figuring out does A plus B equals C and and uh, I'm I'm doing this music video for Night Beach pretty soon and it's basically going to be a music video of what my live performance would look like and if this music video turns out as cool as i think it's going to turn out then um i'll totally start doing the live shows i mean i'll drive honestly if you if you did a show i my girlfriend and i would drive down to san diego and chill (laughs) and you know watch the show we would for sure do it yeah I'm not gonna lie. You'd make like a day out of it, man. That would that would actually make me feel like way cooler (laughs) about it. If if I had some of my people come down, that would be that would be way cool. I yeah, I just I would just make a day out of it. Her and I would make a day out of it, you know, and come watch the show, chill, hang out with you guys. Yeah, for sure. All right, all right, all right. Make it happen, man. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy the smoke machine and the lights. I already I already know which ones (laughs) I want. And it's it's like, man, the smoke machines, the light, and then the little space projector. It's like, 170 bucks for all three of those. I'm just gonna do okay. it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna book a show. I already know. I already mm-hmm. know this dude down here in San Diego. Um, we actually played a show with one of his earliest bands in like 20. 2006 or 2007 mm-hmm. or something and um and they all remembered us and they're from san diego they're called first wave hello absolutely amazing um and what were they like an emo band or something or they were they were like a progressive emo band way ahead of their time okay. way ahead of their time in 2007 and um and this dude i actually just 
in this weird turn of events, I was talking to this video producer that I met over Instagram and he's from San Diego. And then he knew this other dude. And then this, this guy in this band first wave hello died. And then they found their tour journal Hmm. from like 2006 and Dane and the death machine was mentioned. And then they reached out. And then I went to a show of this, this guy like Jacob Turnbloom had a show and it was awesome. It was like near Halloween and, and, um, I'm like, man, I could probably, I could probably see if he'd let me open for him. Maybe that's, maybe that's my next move. See if yeah, man, uh, I let can me open know, for man. him. Let me All know. Right. All right. All right. It's a plan. Jeff, I'm sorry, dude. Arizona's <laughs> not that far away. You got to come too. I mean, I would, I would also come too, but you know, that's fine. You have, you have to, man. <laughs> I well, I didn't want to speak for you, Jeff. I wanted well, to. That's okay. You know. Well, now now it's just going to be awkward if I show up. So, <laughs> no, you'll show up, but no. not with me. You'll show up separately. Uh, no, I'll definitely show up separately, and I will not. I, I won't. I wouldn't speak to you at all when, when I'm there. Well, for sure. you should you should come first, Jeff, and so you should show up early and like come and crash at my place, and so then when we show up, by the time Tyler gets there, we can you know we can make it weird. Like, oh, <laughs> you won't talk to me like, <laughs> like, oh, you oh, <laughs> you're here. <laughs> you put me like on the on the list to like not let in. You give him my picture and shit. <laughs> you're, me in. you're on. No, you're on the list to get in. But with explicit instructions that no one should talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to sit like in the back in this, in this empty booth. Yeah. Bartenders can take your order, but can't make eye contact. Or <laughs> every drink you order just comes out wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, matter, no matter what. Or I order a beer and it's all foam. All yeah. foam. That's all you get. All foam. <laughs> all foam with a splash of water. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so dumb. You get? All right. Um, so so let, let's jump into the album, Vampire Disco. Uh, it's nine songs. It clocks in at roughly 30 minutes, I think, 31 minutes, something like that. Yes, it's a short one. Yeah, um, and it, there's uh, there's a couple instrumental tracks on here. Um, I think there's two instrumentals, if I'm not mistaken. And um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Let's kind of jump into, I guess, our favorites or kind of kind of how we feel about it. Also, I will let you know, Dane, we do, we didn't do any of the lyrics because we couldn't find them anywhere, and they weren't on Spotify like the last record. Um, Can I tell you so a we secret? What? I didn't write a single lyric for this album. And so oh, you didn't? Okay, so it's all so just... I didn't include any lyrics anywhere. Um, okay. I right. did everything off the top of my head, sometimes in multiple takes, sometimes in one take. Um, okay. I really only spent about 40 hours writing and recording this album. So, <laughs> so That's like, fast. That's really fast. Yeah. It, it I, I this album didn't wasn't even a thought in my mind after DSM five was finished until a couple weeks after DSM five was finished. Okay, um, all right. So, so I was gonna say let, let's let's start off with a song then real quick just to kind of you know let people know what it sounds like. We'll play a little bit like maybe a minute and a half of a song. Um, is there anything you want to start with? Start at the beginning. Start with barcodes. I bark. Okay. I think I think that's the best possible intro to the album. Okay, I'm not going to play the whole song, um, just because you know we we don't want to play well, the whole record. You know, we okay. want to taste. Okay. We want we want to have people get a little taste of it. So I'll play like a minute. I usually play like a minute, minute and a half of the songs. If you're not going to start 
with barcodes and, and play it through then. I'd say start with Pavlov. So here's a little bit of uh, Pavlov's God from Dane and the Death Machine. There's a little bit of Pavlov's God from Dean and the Death Machine. All right. So, I mean, how do you feel about this one, Jeff? Real quick. This is, uh, this is my 3B. I love this song. It's your 3B. Okay. Yeah. This All is right. solid. Nice. Yeah. This is, I, I like this one. I like the build in this song. It's, it's you know, it kind of has that, that, the layered synth stuff, and then it builds, builds, it builds, and then it kind of explodes with all that guitar and kind of the there's some I wouldn't say guitar solos but more guitar leads and then how it kind of wraps it up with that the guitar playing that 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 melody that vocal melody line it's it's solid stuff. There's a towards that part where the guitar kind of comes in with the vocal melody part. There's this part where the bass like really in the build up kicks in and gets super heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, Alec definitely. That's that's definitely Alec. I don't know this song. This song Alec took from being potentially awesome to just like totally awesome. <laughs> so I have to give there's him a, a lot of credit for that. There's definitely a bit of a different uh, drum beat. It's more of like a uh, maybe I don't see. I'm not good with EDM, but like like maybe it's like a house house beat rather than like a normal. I don't even know what I'm talking about. It just, it's a different kind of drum beat that builds and then it gets really chaotic. Like around like a minute, like a minute 45, it starts to get really, really chaotic. And I, I think it's, it's a nice change from the rest of the record. It definitely stands out because of it. Yeah. What, one of the things, so um, when I originally was writing and recording, one of the things I did was kind of start with the drums. Um, and, and then, I would throw myself these like curveballs with the drums and just make them like really chaotic and then figure out how to make instrumentation and melody around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, I love the end of Pavlov, how it just like it devolves into just like this total chaotic energy. 
Um, but it's it's that total house, it. total total that, okay, house. That, so okay, so I guessed right with the type of beat. Yeah, I I really went for like a real uh, British like a British trip hop kind of feel for this album. Um, okay. So a lot of the beats are closer to like you know house beats and and trip hop beats than they are to traditional rock beats. Okay. See, like I thought I thought this song more than any other song on the album was the most like traditional jammy rock song. There's those parts sounded like like a band was playing here and not just a guy behind a computer. And uh I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. That's that's how that's what I thought it sounded like. Well, no, I get that. I, I can totally hear that too. And you're you're not wrong because uh, this is one of. So before Alec ended up taking out my bass and doing the bass with MIDI, this was this was the second song that I recorded. So I recorded Masks first, and then I recorded this one. And it was it's very uh, organic. In, in, in a lot of ways for a traditional song. Like, it's still a lot of live bass, a lot of live guitar. Um, and and I set out the drums first, and then I did the live bass after. And then I mm-hmm. did some MIDI, and then I did some live guitar. And vocals were always the last thing that I added. And so I think this song, it's the reason why it's probably one of my favorites on the album, honestly, uh, is because of that uh what you were saying jeff like it it does still feel like a really straight up rock song i think uh i mean more traditional than the rest of the songs on the album yeah definitely like and and i think that is because i i centered a lot of the music around like live bass and live guitar it's interesting that that he he took out live bass for for electronic bass because some of the some of the lines here are very, uh, very dub sounding, very, very low end, very yeah. like, like sublime yeah. sounding stuffs, and and that was that was that was solid. That was cool. I liked it. Give it the very, the very low end sound where everything on here isn't isn't that that kind of drop, that kind of low end, that 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 sort of I don't know. It's more the the album is a lot more atmospheric than than this rec than this song. Or the rest of the record is a lot more atmospheric, more layered, and everything like that. I mean, this is this this song I think is pretty layered, but yeah, I, I agree with both of you. It is more rock. It sounds more rock based. Than yeah. Anything. Well, and like towards the end of the song, when um, <laughs> the bass kicks back in, there's like this like moment where it's like that was all Alec like. He, oh man, he drove that thing home so hard. And, um, ah, dude, it is, it is funky. It's, it's low, it's rock, it's hard. It's, and, and it it should be in your face. I mean, like there's, there's a line in the song that's like, every time I ring my bell, my God masturbates, right? Like that's like how much more rock and roll (laughs) and in your face does, does it get than that? Just, uh. Yeah. So, so does this record have any sort of theme outside of the actual, like lyrically, does it have a theme d- d- at all? I, I mean, I know you said that a lot of it was improvised or it was just kind of done in one take. There weren't really any lyrics, but was there anything underlying that you kind of based the lyrics on? 
Yeah, so, you know, in a in true Dane and the Death Machine fashion, it's a, it's a rock opera, of course, um, about someone turning into a vampire during the 2020 pandemic. Um, and so that's kind of the idea that I had in my head was okay uh it's the 2020 pandemic the world is falling apart everyone's everyone's scared everyone's dying we have nuclear war you know and and it's and it's set over from 2020 to 2022 like is really the the timeline of this album and and i really channeled all of my fears and my anxieties from the last two years into this album but then like what if you were this immortal being and and you became immortal in mm-hmm. the midst of all of this, you know. Um, and and then like you know the possible insanity that is, ensues watching all of the people that you care about die around you, and you can't die. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that's that's kind of the theme to the album. Um, which... You know, there's 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 one like underlying thing that I can just, I still cannot get out of my head, and I just imagine this being an updated version of like that scene in Blade, the first Blade movie, when they're in the the club and it's playing that that aggressive techno and the, like the the blood starts squirting from the sprinklers on the ceiling. <laughs> Part's so good. Yep. I just I'm right. That part's fucking fantastic. It's, it's so, so goddamn good. good. But I, I, I just, I, I, I just kept reverting back to that scene and thinking this is just a, a kind of more modern, cooler, updated version of that. And, and with that in mind, I had a lot of fun with this, with this record this week. Good. That's that is what I want to hear from this. I want to hear <laughs> that this album is fun, because I, I don't think that there's a fun Dane and the Death Machine album. Which, which like doesn't mean that it's it's not good to listen to a Day in the Death Machine album or whatever. But like they're dude, they're heavy lifts, right? Like they're not they're not like an easy listening. You don't put it on at a party. This you might actually put on at a party. You know, like oh, definitely, yeah. So thank you. That's that's awesome. The biggest the the biggest difference between. I mean, this time and last time is last time. Like you're right, dude. That was it was an exhausting album. It was it was a lot to take in. It was it was it was just like an emotional journey, and and it was a lot of stuff to kind of get into. There is a lot of really great things here, but it's a different it's a different approach to songwriting. It's a different approach to what you are trying to get out of this, and and I like uh, maybe just because it's it's more fresh. I like this a lot, like a lot, a lot. And I've been in kind of this weird electronic phase in the past yay years or whatever. But but I really really had a lot of fun with this. Not fun where you know I'm, I'm perky and whatever. But I I because it is it is kind of like doom and gloom overall, and there's a lot of somber tones. But I did have a lot of fun with this, and it was really fun to get into. And it was really fun to listen to, and I like that you didn't care a lot about the lyrics because. <laughs> Because there's only a couple parts here where I was like, okay, I could do without that part that he just did. But glad to know that I don't have to worry about what you're saying. It's more of just a vessel of melody, a vessel of just putting in my voice as another instrument rather than saying something super meaningful, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, ex- exactly. It was, it was, it's supposed to be, I don't know, I, yeah. It's fun. I had fun making it. I want people to have fun listening to it. I don't want people to take it that seriously. 
um unless you're seriously liking it <laughs> then take it really seriously and, and like it a lot but um it's it's not that deep you know it's it's really like the song night beach even like it's so campy it's so campy and it's just it's fun and it's dark and it's a good gothic time and and it it deals with some <laughs> heavy concepts like dude the last two years have been heavy as fuck and i haven't made new music in a long time like dsm5 was a bunch of older songs you know mm-hmm. and oh and that's so, right you saying that yeah and so like this album was like the first time i've made new music in in like a decade and my tastes have changed the things that have happened to me in my life like i'm a different person and it's and it i don't know this i wanted to do this and to make people happy and to make people have fun and to feel a little dancey and obviously get a little dark and and yeah so i'm glad you picked up on that that's awesome (laughs) I think yeah, like, I, 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 like, yeah, like sorry. ultimately this, yeah, you're right. Dude, the past several years have been, have been fucking rough on everybody, regardless of, you know, where you come from or what you think. It's just, they've just been rough, dude. It's been rough fucking two years. And I think that's, that's fun because we forget that it's been rough for everybody, right? We, everybody kind of like internalizes that and say, oh, this has been hard on me. It's been tough for me. It's like, well, dude, it's been tough on this entire fucking earth. <laughs> And then yeah. here's another person that is that is externalizing that 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 those those difficult times in musical form where it's fun. This is a fun record on the surface, but but again, there's a lot of there's a lot of like major notes and 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 progressions that kind of like transition into like minor stuff. So we're kind yes. of going back and forth into these these different like like chord progressions, and I think that's really cool. That's something that's that's kind of like subtle but it's still there. It digs in. And there's a lot of things that, that kind of like ring out that kind of like go, just going back to the, to Pavlov's God, that, that last part, that last, just the high repetitive guitar note, right? Just over and over and over. When you hear it the first couple times, like it's okay, that's fine. But then it starts to like dig into you. It starts to dig into your ears. You start to pick up like the subtle nuance of that note of whatever it is. I think that's cool. That's, that's just digging its heels in there. Dude, and and I I like that you brought up the major the major notes and the major chords because Dane and the Death Machine uh, historically doesn't have a lot of major chords and and a lot of major notes and like this album is as far as I'm concerned the most gothic thing that I've ever made and it has more major chords than I've ever put into an album ever which is like. Which I just, I love the juxtaposition of that. So again, cool. Thank you for picking up on that. Because I was like, I don't know if people will notice stuff like this. Night but... Beach was fun because cause I... Yeah. I oh, yeah, let's, let's, it... let's jump into this. Real, yeah, let's let's move on. Let's get into Night Beach because I do want to talk about this one too. I, so. I, I will say this is my, this is my, this is my 8B. So okay. this is my, this is my, there's only one song in there I would not consider a B sorry but this is my 8b <laughs> but this one right off the bat i was just like holy shit dude, this to me sounds like if, if nine inch nails and arctic monkeys had some type of fucking emo child that's what this sounds like and i immediately loved it i love the guitar tone like even enough effects on it to kind of go with the theme but it still sounds like a guitar it still sounds like somebody is playing it there but just running it through like a bunch of modulations and and i don't know 
kind of like like you can still hear the soul of it but it's changed kind of like society mm-hmm. kind of like you there's still you there but you have changed and i like that totally. that was fun hell yeah so I, I with this one with night beach i i got a lot of um black audio but like good black audio that first record that sex sells record which is a great electronic record i get a lot of that and then i also get a lot of she wants revenge but much better because they weren't a good, i don't like she wants revenge but the way that you you sang it kind of reminded me of him but not obnoxious if that makes any <laughs> sense because i really <laughs> what, what is that song like i want to tear her apart i, I want to tear fucking you tear you up our yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i i really can't stand that song i don't do but yeah. this is kind of in that same vein but yeah like i said it's not obnoxious it's not annoying like that like there's enough there's enough nuance in this song there's enough change in the song to where it it keeps your attention it doesn't like grate at you like some like annoying like she wants revenge but it still has that vibe a little bit but um but yeah when you're when you're saying like i think i guess i am alive technically yeah (laughs) i am alive yeah it's it's fucking catchy it it really is catchy but um no it's really good i am alive forever (laughs) i was gonna say that too there's some good screaming like little moments where you scream and it sounds solid it sounds really good it sounds great with the song and, and you have a good screaming voice so it doesn't sound like it's fake. It doesn't sound forced at all. So, which is a very good thing. So, uh, but yeah, I think I think Night Beach is a, it's a solid song. It's my it's my number two banger on on the on the record. Dang, so, yeah, dude, it's it's, it's I I actually thought this would probably be the most popular song, um, and so far it's proving to be that way with the metrics on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's like. It's such beach goth, right? And and I I almost drowned in the ocean like seven years ago, and oh, I have I have not gotten back in the water, but I love going to the beach at night and taking mushrooms mm-hmm. and smoking joints and just like <laughs> staring at the moon and listening to the waves and like I do that kind of a lot. I mean I I don't well. I don't always eat mushrooms, but I definitely go and sit and, and listen to the waves. And I eat mushrooms a lot, but it's, I love night beach, dude. <laughs> like it's just night beach is my favorite. And I had this experience where, uh, I, I smoked DMT for the first time on the beach. And so this song was kind of like, I, I took a little bit of this, this rebirth aspect of that, uh, and and that's also the point in the album where the main character becomes a vampire, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's to me, it's like I think it's like a real turning point in the album. Oh, for it's, sure. It's, it's it's fun. It's it's poppy. It's super gothic. It's super gothic. Super beachy. Uh, I think it's one of the most unique sounding songs on the record. It definitely stands out. It pops more than most of the other songs. Yeah, it's 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 I think it's it's probably the poppiest song on the entire Mm -hmm. album for sure. Yeah, I would I would totally agree. So I'm going to play a little bit of Night Beach uh, and then we'll kind of wrap up on this song and then get into the next. So, um, So, yeah, here's a bit of Night Beach from Dane and the Death Machine. Nothing here to eat the rats 
There you have it, Night Beach from Dane and the Death Machine. All right. Do we have anything else on, on this song to kind of wrap it up? I just what I just wanted think? to say to wrap it up, uh, just, well, and if anyone else has any thoughts, but I just wanted to throw in uh, the opening lines, the our plates are empty, there's nothing here to eat but rats, is a total nod to Interview with a Vampire, uh, <laughs> specifically the movie, not the novel. Yeah, not the novel, yeah. Um, like there's that, there's that, one part where they have the plantation in new orleans mm-hmm. where you know and johnny or uh, not johnny depp was tom cruise they're the same brad person pitt. or tom cruise yeah yeah tom cruise guy. tom cruise johnny depp and brad pitt are all the same person um <laughs> where he's like he's like we dine on empty plates you know and he's like blah 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 and then brad pitt's out in the sewers eating on rats and everything i was like all right i i took a lot of inspiration from that just wanted to throw that out there because I I love Anne Rice and the Vampire Chronicles. Same here. Love those books. And I think Interview with the Vampire is a fantastic movie. So a lot of people good. talk shit on it, but I fucking love that movie. Queen so of the good. Damned, not so good. Terrible. But um, <laughs> Jonathan Davis did the score. So. I know. He did. No, and he did a good <laughs> job the with song. the score. The movie yeah. was terrible. The movie sucks. Yeah. Yeah, the movie is really bad. But... It, um, yeah. Yeah, Interview with a Vampire. That. Great movie. You don't know about that. You've never even oh. seen it. I don't know about Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Queen of the Damned? Of course I've seen Queen of the Damned. Okay, mm. but have you read the Vampire Lestat? Anytime oh, you say, have you read, just stop. Because the answer is going to be no. <laughs> the, the last book he read was Shel Silverstein in like third grade. No, I re- actually, I read it like a couple of fucking weeks ago. It was, Ooh, it was really a light in the attic. Yeah, because I bought the vinyl. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have the vinyl now. A Light in the Attic is so good. <laughs> it is really good. Really yeah, good. that's why I read it. That's but for real, anytime you start a sentence with, have you read, just just stop. <laughs> unless no. unless it is literally A Light in the Attic. Correct. Then, then I can it. ask that question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, so let's move on from Night Beach. Uh, what's another song we kind of want to touch upon? Because I got you, a few uh, that I really want to talk about. How do you feel about masks? Who, Who are you talking Who are you to me? asking? Just, I guess in general. Masks is though, I mean, I don't want to like, it's a, you know, when somebody's here, the, this, the artist, it's always weird to kind of like, this is the is song it, I don't like. But masks, I didn't, your, I didn't get it. Is this your zero B? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the zero B. Did I just make that up? The zero B? <laughs> we haven't done a zero B before, a zero but B. I guess what, that. Would a zero B like be like a, like a, like a, a better than one B? Or would that just be like, this is not no. a B? No, zero B is not a B. Oh yeah, this it's oh, not yeah, as it's bad not a as B, a but it's not a B. bad. It's not a stinker. No, it's not a stinker. It's just I I don't think it's a B. I I like the drum parts in this one, right? Really getting after mm. some of those cool aspects of of like heavy drum and bass tones. I think the background vocals are super sick. Like layering the high and low parts, so dope. That was Alec. Make it sound Alec like Alec did the background vocals. Dude, those were so okay. dope. I like those. It it kind of yeah. makes it sound like like you're both going through the same shit, but still like. Thinking you're going through we it alone. Because we were, because it was about the pandemic. We're all Makes going sense. through the same shit. I it's, know, right? But again, the, everybody thinks they went through it alone, but it's like we didn't. Well, but and so, I, but that's the that's the whole point of the song, though. Is the whole like, don't touch anyone. Leave me alone. I can't be here anymore. Leave me alone. I can't be near anyone. Don't touch anyone. Breathe alone. 
don't touch anyone that's the that's like the extent of the lyrics and it was the yeah. first song that i that i made for this album which i didn't even know was going to be an album at the time and these lyrics just came out of my fucking head and it was just this it was this this feeling of isolation that's not only isolation that you're feeling bad about being isolated but while you're feeling bad about being isolated you're also screaming leave me the fuck alone like don't touch me don't breathe near me i want mm-hmm. someone to be here with me but don't fucking look at me <laughs> you know like yeah, it, yeah it's 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 like it's the I don't know. It, it's all of the terrible, paranoid feelings of the first few months of the pandemic, and, and yeah, that's what the song time, is. Man. It was a weird fucking time. It it changed, I, I don't think we'll ever experience the, anything like that ever again. It, no, it just changed the scope of society. Like like we as as people genuinely think that that we've almost been like reverted to preteens here, like like eleven, twelve, thirteen, where what we are going through is unique to us. And we, we, it, it, we had to take a step back and realize that, no, it's, it's the entire world was going through the same exact thing. Except but we don't for see the it that rich way. motherfuckers. That, that is true. That like is true. Jimmy Fallon is sitting here in his mansion, like hosting the tonight show. Like I'm going through it. You guys we are all in the same boat. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, we're not like, I mean, yeah. people 99, are losing their jobs, their livelihoods. I lost yeah. my job. I dude, I I lost my job and had a kid on the way. You know, people are still know. losing their jobs, dude. People are like still closing yeah. businesses because of it. Like it's still happening. Yeah, yeah, it's it is fucking wild, you know. And and so, you know that that makes sense, dude. Masks is not the friendliest, most approachable song on the album. It's 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 the least approachable song on the album. It's it's my uh, only. My only real complaint is just like the latter part of the song. I felt just took a little bit too long. Well, see, so it actually kind of interludes into Pavlov's God where it, it gets into the, it gets into that. There's that other part where it's like, and it's like a siren blaring. <laughs> and, and then it kind of leaves out and it purposefully drags out with just like, leave me alone don't touch anyone leave me alone don't touch anyone until it fades out like it's supposed to be uncomfortable you can't see me but i'm stroking my beard in 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 contemplation right now ah i like it i like it i can see you actually every time every (laughs) i put table for my fucking computer bro got him every time we we finish a pod that like the next couple days we always listen to the episode or listen to the record we we just did and see if we picked up on anything new so I'm, I I will I will listen for that specifically on tomorrow's listen since I'm off tomorrow. Cool. Of, uh, yeah. Vampire disco. Cool. What what I what I thought was kind of different about this song too is the kind of um, craziness of the the program drums. Like they, there was there's a point between I guess you can call them ver- I guess you would call them verses, but between the first and second verse, I don't know who did the programming if it was you or Alec. I did. But oh, you did. Okay. It's just it's like a drum solo. It, yes. was, it was something I'd never really heard before, heard before, like with program drums. Uh, it was very, you could tell it was very meticulous and it was very thought out, but it was just, it was kind of not jarring, not, that's not the right word, but it was very surprising to hear like essentially a drum solo from, from program drums like that. It was cool. It was really, well, really neat. And within like the first minute of the song too, it's like, yeah, 
And and so that's what I was saying earlier when I was throwing myself some curveballs with the programming of the drums. Um, I I pretty much programmed all the drums. Um, Alec added some effects to some of the drums to make them pop a little bit more. Um, And with this particular song, I was really trying to 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 see like okay i'm gonna make the craziest drums that i can make and then what am i gonna do about it you know and and so Mm -hmm. and then masks came out as the first song and i'm not gonna lie masks is probably my my least favorite song in the album actually and when when i take into account all of the songs in the album Mm -hmm. um it's the hardest one for me to listen to and because because of like where you were mentally when you wrote kind of the lyrics or when you wrote it or the the subject material i was i was in a really i was in a really weird place when i wrote this album uh my insurance was not covering the medication that i was taking and so Mm. i was off medication for a few months oh damn okay and um and i i remember it being like five in the morning, five thirty in the morning, and I was finishing the song up, and and uh, like my wife walked in, and was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "You have to listen to this," <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, she loved it. But I, but I, I was in definitely a rough spot when I made this, and and yeah, it's not it's not a fun song to listen to necessarily but like i think it's a banger i think every song in this album's a banger i'm sorry i do you should yeah i know not say that of course i'm just i'm just gonna say it but i think i think masks might be like when when i listen to masks there's a 50 50 chance that i'm either gonna love it or i'm gonna be like uh this song you know (laughs) does that make sense i don't know no I I, i get it God, I that may it. be like the best song then. Like, like that—that's like the best song that you have. If if it, if it really is that polarizing to where you hate it or love it, fuck, that's a good song right there. No, no, no. My my one B right is Moon Rocks. Every time I listen to Moon Rocks, okay. I'm like, yeah. Well, then let, okay. let's get into Moon Rocks. Let's Moon Rocks. jump into this song. So th- th- this is my my fourth banger. That's my four B. Four B. Okay. Oh, okay. So let, yeah, let's jump into this. Let's let's. Talk about it. What did we got on this one? How did this one come about? Well, this one. Okay, so I lose track over when I started creating the songs after Masks and Pavlov. So Masks and Pavlov were definitely the first two. I'm not mm-hmm. totally sure on the order after everything after that. Um, but <laughs> I do remember making Moon Rocks and... I'm sitting there in the living room and I have a bunch of family over and I'm making this beat and I'm making the beat and everyone's like, yeah, we like that beat, right? I got the kids in, I got my mother-in-law, <laughs> my wife, everyone's like, yeah, we like this beat. Yeah, I like that and then, beat, yeah. And then I start, I start throwing like a little boom, 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 boom. Everyone's like, yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I start like throwing it together. And, um, and so, and so this song, right? Like I, I named every song. The last thing I did was the naming of every song. So, 
vocals were the last part of recording naming the song was the absolute last thing that i did and i named the song moon rocks because uh, there was this moment in 2020 where i had some friends from orange county come down and we went to this famous suspension bridge down here in san diego and we climbed down into this gully and uh we'd been drinking a little bit and I, for my friend's birthday, I bought her this blunt with a bunch of moon rocks in it, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're down at the bottom of the gully with her and her boyfriend, and I'm down there, and my wife's up at the top with with uh, Arrow, who's a baby at this time, my son. And uh, and so we start to smoke this moon rocks blunt, and I just got so high and I'm and I'm in flip-flops. I told everyone I didn't want to go down in this gully. I'm in flip-flops. Even my wife's like, "Come on, dude, go down in the gully. It's going to be awesome." Quit complaining. <laughs> so I go down there, smoke the blunt, come out, end up falling down this hill, ripping the bottom of my foot open, right? And for like a week, <laughs> for like a week I'm bedridden. I I can't like I'm on crutches. Because I, I can't use my right foot. I, I have like an inch long. I, I just really messed up my foot. I, it was like an inch deep into the sole of my foot, this tear. And um, so this song is, is kind of my love song to my wife. That's like, I don't want to fall apart, baby, without you. Oh, okay. And, uh, and, and I just can't imagine life without her. And, and so... Uh, this was and 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 so this song kind of became not only about that but about the pandemic in general just getting through the pandemic with her like i we know so many we know personally so many couples who broke up during the pandemic who had been together mm-hmm. for a lot longer than we had been and uh the pandemic just made us stronger and, and made us love each other so much more and so this song was this this love song to her of just like I can't imagine myself falling apart without you. <laughs> wow. Okay. Cause I get, man, I get such a different, I mean, obviously I didn't write the song, but I get such a different vibe from this. God, I hate using that fucking word. I hate using that word vibe. Vibage, but bro. For, for lack Use of it. better, better word. Yeah. For, I get this, I get a totally different vibe of a guy, of a person walking down like a big city street, like New York or Chicago or some, something like that. And it's kind of raining. It's, it's a, it's a stormy night and he's just like, it's, it's you know four three in the morning he's up to no good he's going to go do like i don't know do something like in a back alley or some shit like that i feel like this is a very kind of depressing kind of song it just i think it's it's a mixture of of not only the music but also the sirens and we brought it you brought up the sirens earlier tonight yeah but you know th- th- there's a lot of sirens going on in the in this song and it it kind of reminds me of like a big city and and just kind of somebody I guess who's kind of down on his luck and somebody who's just kind of forgotten in, in society. And he just kind of, kind of goes in and out of, you know, seedy establishments and things like that. And that, that's what I get with, that's, that's what I visualize, visualize when I hear this song, but it's, it's just so funny how that's not how the song was written at all. Well, and, but. and that's been me before, you know what I mean? Like I've been that guy before. And, and so yeah. I've like, I can write from a place that feels authentic to an experience like that. And like what we were saying about the sirens, which uh, I don't think we were recording it at the time. I don't was, know if we were, was, you know, in my, 
place here in San Diego, uh, we hear sirens all the time. And, and so those sirens that are on the track are authentically, those were police sirens outside of my window um, so, while, while I was recording. Yeah. I mean, that, that's so, that's so cool. I mean, it's not cool that, you know, the cops had to be called for anything bad, but it's just, <laughs> it's, it's really rad that, you know, you were able to get something authentic like that and record it. And it wasn't just something like a sample you pulled on, pulled off the internet or something, you know? Yeah. I like that authenticity. It's yeah. Really cool. We, we have them, uh, they're going through all the time, all the time. <laughs> thank, thank God for the SDPD. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of this one, Jeff? This is your 4B, right? Yeah. So like I said, this is my 4B. I thought this was very Radiohead sounding, just right out the gates. I like that weird sort of sort of heavy verbed up church chime sound thing. I don't know what it is. That's what it sounded like to me. Um, the song seems to be built around like big, loud instrumental parts. That loud guitar comes through very heavy and then transitions to like another loud distorted guitar part. So when I was visualizing this, because Spotify didn't, this time didn't give me the lyrics. Last time they gave me the lyrics, but I didn't read them. This time they didn't give me the lyrics. Yeah. There are no <laughs> lyrics, my man. Yeah. Well, apparently the lyrics mean something because you just said they mean something. You know, said it really didn't mean anything. I said, I, no, I didn't say they didn't mean anything. I said I didn't write any lyrics down. The lyrics all. We'll, we'll the, have to go the, back to tape on that one. We'll have to go back to tape on that <laughs> one. Roll back that tape. Roll back we'll, that tape. We'll have to roll back a bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it since neither of us know. I I, I I visualized a guy so like the first the first opening song, right? Barcode tattoos, we're setting the scene, we're setting what is happening in the album, we're we're setting the tone. And and this one, Moon Rocks, now we're being introduced to like a person. I this is how I visualize things. We're being introduced to a person. I I did think like walking down A Street, not necessarily like down on his luck, because the whole I did pick up the the don't want to fall apart without you. But I felt maybe like going through something, not necessarily like a relationship thing, but more like a a, a, a self-realization thing. Like here, here is who I am now. It's not who I was, but I need to come to terms with both of these people are still me type of thing. So that's, that's what I felt. And I liked it because the vocal here, like it seemed like a melody driver rather than just saying something that needs to be focused on. Like I said earlier, and uh, I don't know I like the end of this one. Small electronic part, fade out. It's cool. Mm-hmm. I yeah. dig. Yeah, and so another thing, real quick on this song, were you watching Space Jam a lot when you <laughs> when you wrote this song? <laughs> what? <laughs> First of all, we have to clarify. Um, are you talking the Jordan or LeBron? The Jordan, the Michael Jordan version, okay. the OG. Anybody okay. that ever, anybody that ever says Space Jam and is talking about the LeBron version should fucking should be shot. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, I was not. Okay. I was not watching Space Jam <laughs> because I, I mean, I listened to the song because I like the song a lot. And I listened to it a lot. And even when I listened to the song originally, the first time I listened to it, I thought, where do I know this vocal melody? It sounds so fucking familiar. And then today it finally clicked. And the melody reminds me a lot of Fly Like an Eagle by Seal, which was in Space Jam, which was made uh, famous by Space Jam. You know your, what? Your vocal melody is very similar to it. And it's not a bad thing because that fucking song is a banger. You all know something for real, though. I have what? grown up on Seal. Like Seal's my great. my dad great when singer. I was growing up was the biggest Seal fan ever, 
and like i have such a deep affinity for seal so um mm-hmm. that's very interesting that you point that out because it, it was that could be another per- subliminal thing that's floating around it was particularly when you were singing the words i think you're singing with or without you or within without you or something like that it's when you're singing that part that sounds like fly like an eagle dude it's it's, it's very i it's that's subtle but it's compliment. there that's it's a there, high compliment though. Like, I mean, it's clearly, I mean, I know you didn't rip it off at all. I know that wasn't it at all. And I believe that it was entirely subconscious. But yeah, it's, it's go back and listen to it with this perspective. I'm pretty sure you'll hear it. Both of you guys will hear it. So we, yeah. I mean, obviously we know that, that that's not, that's not Seal's song, right? No. The Fly but, Like an Eagle? But that's beautiful, oh, though. That's, that's Steve Miller Band. Well, oh, oh is okay. It really? Come on, though, yeah. I didn't, Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Hold, well, hold like, on, I, hold I mean, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Steve Miller Band well, sucks. Whoa! Oh, <laughs> they do, dude. No, okay. Abra, Abra, Cadabra. I'm gonna reach do... out and grab you. Like, Jeff, are you all kidding? We do is talk shit on Steve Miller. No, I don't. Steve Miller yes, you I do. do not do that at all. No, that's I, false. I know Fly Like an Eagle is Steve Miller band, but but oh yeah, it is. You're right. It now is. Now that I think about it, yeah. yes, it is. Yeah. But Steve Miller band sucks. That's okay. That's not true. <laughs> Because uh, like early Steve Miller band, when it was just a little psychedelic, kind of bluesy, just jam stuff, fucking fantastic. Okay, but like Abracadabra, I'm going to reach out and grab you. Stop choosing the dumbest <laughs> song, okay? <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm like, how many bands make a song that dumb? Uh, Sugar Ray covered that song, it was fucking fantastic. Well, That's Sugar true. Ray, <laughs> Sugar Ray is... Yeah, you it's love Sugar Ray now. Don't even you love Sugar Ray now. I know. I'm I'm having a hard. Th- Listen, Seal is better than. I don't. I I don't Steel, like Seal is better going, than. But that is okay. That's fine. I will agree. Seal is better than the Steve Miller band, and that's his version of Fly Seal like is better than better. Steve Miller. Band. That's I'm sorry. That's that's something. Sure, dude. It's, it's have you truth. listened to either of Seal's self-titled albums? Uh, no. I've wanted to. Wait, you said Seal, right? Yes, they're oh, amazing. Yeah. They're, his entire his his first two self titled albums are just like, uh, you know, you know when like you do the whole oh I made you look and then someone smacks you in the balls thing, right? Like <laughs> that's what listening to these albums feels like. It's like you get smacked in the balls. You're like, oh shit, I didn't see that coming. It's so good. <laughs> so. The song, wait, what's the song that he does? The the really famous one from like 93? Kiss by, by a Rose. Rose? No, not Kiss from a Rose. It was, uh, it was a different song. What Don't was it? Cry. Dude, it was, crazy? crazy? I think it was crazy. The one, one that they were talking about on Dudesy. Remember, Jeff? In yeah. In a world that was full of people, only someone to fly. Isn't that crazy? Okay, that sounds like a Steve yeah. Miller ripoff because he says only someone to fly. But that's not a Steve Miller ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> not, I'm not saying it was. I'm not saying that he ripped off the other one because they're totally different. Well, no, but even the Steve Miller say, version of 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 Fly Like an Eagle is also very dreamy, like Seal did. Dude, Steve Miller band is a fucking great band. Dude. Honestly, they're a great band. I okay. like yeah. I like some of their songs. Yes, I swear to God, if you fucking say Abracadabra one more goddamn time, <laughs> say it again. Do it again. Say it again. I'm gonna reach out and grab ya. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> that song is really stupid. Though. <laughs> the music video is worse. 
Um, I have wanted to go back and listen to that Seal record, the one with Crazy on it, because a podcast that Jeff and I listen to that we both agree is one of the greatest podcasts ever made called Dudesy. Um, one of the guys on that podcast, he one of his favorite artists of all time is Seal, and he talks about how he's seen him over 10 times. Like, he just loves Seal. And, and it got me to go listen to that song Crazy again. I thought, wow, dude, this song... It's fucking amazing. That song is so dude. goddamn good. And dude. I and and now that we're talking about this now, I want to go back and listen. I actually want to listen to that full record and see if it's actually that good. Okay, check it out. Seal landed Hiley Klum, okay? Oh, that's so true, yeah. He obviously is a wonderful musician. I mean, he does have a great voice. And his he face really is does. all fucked up. Like he's all burned or something on his face, right? Still and yeah, still yeah, landed Heidi Klum. It's not like that fucked up. He just has some like acne scarring or something. He's not like he's not like Danny no, Trejo. No, dude. No, he's like Man in the Iron Mask. He's like he's Dr. not Doom. that fucking ugly. He's dude. like he's, the Phantom no, of the dude. Opera. Like, no, I know, but none of them, <laughs> none of them are that fucked up. But they're all scared. But like Danny Trejo is like really kind of like a gritty, ugly guys looking dude. But Seal's okay, not that. Hold on, Seal's I, not that gross. I stand it says by that, this. It says that his scars are caused by uh, a type of lupus called discoid lupus something. Yeah, so it, I thought it was like a like a like he got slashed in the face or something. Can we all but, agree Seal is the fan of the opera? Oh, okay. Is that is that fair? That's fair. That is fair. Like like he's he thinks he's more deformed than he is. He has an amazing angelic voice, and he's Does possibly he play evil. any instruments though. Oh, of I, course. I think no? he just sings. I don't no. think he, Does he? I, no. I don't. No, he's a solo artist. He he writes all of his own music. Yeah, but I don't think he Does plays he anything. Yes, well, he I mean, writes... you don't have to play anything. You still write the music. You can't be fan of the opera if you don't play piano or organ. He he writes his own <laughs> music, so he has to play something. And one time, I read this whole thing where like there was this person on an airplane, and Seal was also on the airplane, and Seal took out of his carry on. A whole loaf of bread. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. And then this is so ridiculous. And then he ate the entire loaf of bread piece by piece on the three hour flight. That's fucking bizarre. (laughs) This had to have been like pre September 11th because, like, like bread sanctions came into place after September 11th. It was on Reddit, so I cannot verify. But Can't confirm that. Yeah. But that is the best seal story of all time. Like, could you imagine <laughs> he's he's like on his way to the Alps to go on a ski session with Heidi Klum, and he just takes a <laughs> bag of Wonder Bread out and just like piece <laughs> by piece. Eats Dude, if it was Wonder, what is he, he's like a duck. If it was. <laughs> <laughs> Like Seal wouldn't even buy like better bread, like a multigrain or a rye or something. He still just sticks it's with just it. <laughs> it's just wonder bread. Oh my god, that's so fucking good. <laughs> that's what a seal would eat. <laughs> it makes a lot oh, of shit. sense. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> So, <laughs> real quick, I did look real quick on Wikipedia. It says this, the first Seal record, the one with Crazy on it, it says that all lyrics and music are written by Seal except where noted. And most most of the songs were Seal and, like, one other person. 
Boom. But he's credited as only singing on it, not playing anything else, just singing. But he says that he wrote, wrote the, co-wrote the songs or wrote the songs. All right. So, well, that's some Taylor Swift shit. I don't know what to make of that. Because mm-hmm. Taylor mm-hmm. Swift wrote her songs, but I've seen some documentaries and she doesn't play anything. Yeah, so I don't I, think she plays the guitar on it. I think she she has somebody play the guitar parts. I think like, like she two of her albums, she, like she's, she's actually like wrote or like played or I think there's only been like two albums where she's the sole like writer and person that plays music on the track. Everything it was probably else, like her first record and then that like folklore record probably. I don't understand how you write an album without playing on the album. I, I that doesn't make sense to me. But I mean, I guess I guess I'm you're naive. writing the, the melodies, you're writing all that kind of stuff, and I guess that constitutes the songwriting credit. Because I mean, when you think about it, drummer, stores, drummers dude. don't really drummers don't get songwriting credits, or a lot of them don't. But they're making up their drum parts. But I feel like if you're, in a, credit. if you're in like a high yeah. a high profile pop group, and, and you're sitting in this group, and you're kind of like throwing out ideas and you have a melody and one guy says, Oh, that's a cool melody, but you should just tweak it this way. Like you got to give that guy credit cause he could come back and fucking see you later on. Right. So like no. just because yeah. somebody threw in one little part, like you, you would have to give him credit. No, you immediately kick them out of the studio. <laughs> you're, you're, just, you're just like, you are done here, sir. And then you take the so idea. Don't, don't even acknowledge like the yeah. like what they said. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're either with us or against us, Josh Freeze. That's oh, shit, exactly. why bring up him? No. No, I, I don't know. I, oh. that's, just, that's just the first studio drummer I could think of. The best studio drummer. Come on, Josh um, Freeze. I love it. Yeah, he's he's the best. He's the he best. is the best. All right, let's play. I'm going to play a little bit of Moon Rocks, and then um, we'll wrap it up if we need to, and then we'll move on to another song. So here's a bit of Moon Rocks from Dane and the Death Machine. from Dane and the Death Machine. All right, do we have anything else on, on this song, or what do you guys want to do? 
I'm 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 good. I'm good. All right. Uh, oh, also, real quick, because it goes along with with Moon Rocks and Barcode Tattoos. Uh, a few days ago, I put this record on, and I was with Tammy, my girlfriend, and and Barcode Tattoos played through, and then Moon Rocks started. And she's like, are you listening to like Chinese Christmas music? What are you listening to? <laughs> she could not figure it out. Because <laughs> like at the beginning of Barcode and I think the beginning of Moonrocks, it starts out with a gong. Yeah. And then it's like this, this like lute instrument. And it does have that, that, kind of, that kind of Chinese music style. And, but then she, was also, she also said it kind of sounds like Christmas music at the same time she's like what is this chinese christmas music you're listening to i just thought it was so goddamn funny and it's like she knows your music really well dane like she likes when ammonia meets please she loves that record so like she's very familiar with her with your music and then you started singing and and i was like you don't recognize this you don't know this is and she's like no i I can't figure it out (laughs) it just sounds like chinese christmas music and then i told her who it was she's like oh okay now now i hear the voice and she was like does he normally sing that low and then i was kind of thinking about it and this is probably like the lowest register I've ever heard you sing it. You never really sing as low as this. No, on this uh, record at least. That's that's another thing in this record is uh, I I really uh, use my low register a lot, and that's kind of the fun thing about electronic music is I was able to I don't know create music that was in a low enough octave to where my low register makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. which is really hard to do with a guitar and a bass uh, unless you have, you know, like a 12 string bass and, uh, you know, 16 string guitar or something like it's, it's hard to hit those low notes. And, mm-hmm. and so within MIDI, and I think over the last few years, uh, my voice has really, I don't know, settled into being a little bit yeah. deeper and it's its aged, yeah, and the wear and tear of life has happened. But that and happens with, with every every everybody, you know, singer or otherwise, you know, it's everybody's voice changes. Everybody's voice deepens as they get older and that's why we see countless numbers of popular bands who can't sing the way they did in the 80s or 90s because their voices have dropped and they don't refuse to tune down. So yeah. they still try to hit those high notes. Like look at fucking Motley Crue and Bon Jovi and shit. They sound like garbage. Well, they refuse and used to sing to tune down. And you're the, kids, dude, you, you, you talk in a, a more, <clears throat> a more, uh, authoritative tone when, yeah. when trying to tell things to your kids and that just becomes like a new voice for you. Yeah. Hmm. And that, that's very true. I mean, that's, that's a big part of it. Um, and also just, uh, when I was making music as a kid myself, uh, as a teenager and in my twenties, I was always stretching my range. That's, that's a big part of the grunge sound of Dane and the Death Machine was pushing my range to the limit. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and so I, I kind of made this decision with this last album to, and you know, with a uh, DSM five, I I hit my normal range, my normal Dane and the Death Machine range. I can still do it, um, but with this album, I made a decided effort to really just like <laughs> I don't know, get get real old man with it, you know. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say it sounds. It doesn't sound old man. It just 
it's it's just deeper. It's not I don't know. It's just different than what I've 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 heard, you know, over the last twenty almost twenty years now. Shit. It's crazy to think about that. That is crazy. Because, <laughs> I mean, what well, we met, we met in, what, 2004, 2005 or something? I think in 2004 we met. So, yeah, it's been almost 20 years since we've known Damn. each other and we've, you know, I've heard your music and all that stuff. So, pretty fucking yeah. wild. Oh, yeah, man. So, it was, it was, it's fun. Um, I think, I think with the next album that we have after this one, I'm going to be hitting some lower register stuff as well. Uh, but we actually have a single coming out. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when it's going to come out, but it's coming out soon. Mm. Uh, we're almost done with it. Well, we're almost done with the vocals, and then we're handing it off to Alec to do producing again. And okay. uh, you're going to hear a little bit more of the higher register again in this single. Okay. Awesome. So. All right, then. Cool, cool. Um well, let, let's move on from Moon Rocks and, and everything. Um, what, is there something else we want to touch upon? Because I think we're, we haven't touched upon three, four songs, three or four songs. We haven't touched upon my, my, my 1B. What's your 1B? I mean, yeah, what is it? I feel incredibly powerful and incredibly scary. That's your really? 1B? That's my really? 1B, baby. What? Yep. Dude. Yes, sir. Wow. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Let's jump into Dude, this. Dude, that, that makes me... S- oh, my God. <laughs> That's... Oh this my god, had... hold on. I just What we got? Really? I, I just I have to I just have <laughs> to so... internalize this for a minute because I so... thought that so... so many people would like overlook this track. And this one this one was interesting because yeah, dude, DGAF. If 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 the organ church stuff that's goofy, cheesy, I get it, whatever. Don't care, yeah, I like love that. it. Love I like it. that part. I know, but you like all the goofy ass organ stuff because oh. you're because you're goofy ass fucking balladman now. Um, but I'm not. <laughs> I, I generally shy away from from little tricks like this because it's a little bit too much production. But this is coming off the end of the album. This is the last track. This is the closer here. But I like how wet this fucking song is. Yes. The song sounds so wet, dude. Like it's dripping, and that background noise. I swear to yes. God, it sounds like an ocean. There's yes. something about it. Yes, huh. that's what I love, dude. I thought this was super fucking cool. It kind of like kind of kind of gabber sounding, and I only know that just because my roommate listens to a lot of stupid fucking techno stuff. So, what the hell is I, gabber? Gabber's like a almost off beat, off tempo, very very aggressive, like doof 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 doof. But like the high parts are a little bit off, okay. but it kind of comes together at, at some points. But I think everything just matches. Everything like blends well here. The vocals, the melodies, the highs and the lows are all. They're all playing off each other super, super well. Yes, dude. Thank you. Yes. I love that this is your 1B. Okay, let's get into it. Yeah. Let's do this shit. Um, dude, this, was, I, this, this song was fantastic. Dude. There were some different things on this song. I mean, I mean, yeah, you had the, the I like to call it the spooky choir filter on, on, on the, the keyboard that you're doing. It's always, it's always fun. It's, it's a nice trick. I, I like that trick. Um, but then also, you know, you, I really dig that that bass line that's playing underneath the synth. It's not up front, but it's 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 cuts through enough in the mix to really be effective and just sound, it sounds solid, man. And then on top of that, you're kind of doing this thing with your your vocals where it's kind of like this quiet, frantic way of of singing. Um, 
like because you're not you're not you don't sound panicked but you still sound like you're you're desperate to to get whatever you're trying to say out but you're doing this doing it in a very subtle calm way and it was it was different it was very different from what i've heard you do or maybe the, there's some parts on ammonia actually that remind me a little bit of it but um yeah this is a good song this is a really good song dude so i like the title the, a lot though the, I, the, I really like the title the title uh so this was this was somewhere in the middle this was somewhere in the middle of recording this album and i realized that this was the last track early on right mm-hmm. and um this was another scenario where it was like 5 30 in the morning and my wife like comes to the office and is just like what are you doing you're screaming <laughs> in there like you're gonna wake up the kids like you're being crazy and uh she goes she's like come to bed i said like, i can't come to bed i can't come to bed i have to finish this and um and and i realized in this moment i was like oh shit i've been off my meds for a little bit and i am getting really manic like i'm getting like really scary manic and and that's mm-hmm. when the title like i feel incredibly scary and incre- or incredibly powerful and incredibly scary whatever like it it just it just hit me where it was like this is that feeling yeah. this is that feeling where it's like i can do everything but I'm this creepy guy who's awake in his underwear at 530 in the morning <laughs> screaming in his office while he's making this track happen, you know. And um, So good. And, huh? <laughs> so good. So and, and, good. <laughs> and it goes it goes it goes along with, with how you sing it too. I mean it, it does have this kind of manic kind of I don't want to say feel to it, but this the way that you're the way just the way you're singing sounds sounds a little bit manic well i i was i i was completely i was completely out of my fucking mind at this point and and so i actually uh i tried for a couple weeks to write lyrics to this song so that i mm-hmm. could actually perform it with lyrics and i ended up finally going with my first take and my first take, which are the placeholder lyrics, are the the vocals that are on the album. Because I was like, I can't, like, it's the most paranoid, uh, like you said, it's, it's, it's like, it's this paranoid, scared, uh, like, without being intense, kind of lyrical performance. It wasn't a performance. Yeah. It, it was, it was me pontificating upon the secrets of the universe thinking that i would come back and do it better later and i didn't ever come back and do it better huh and okay so i i kept the first take there, there are two tracks uh uh this track and uh voodoo ranger i kept the first takes on both of those tracks. I never did a mm-hmm. second take on either of those tracks. That's really, I, I, I mean, I think that's, that's a super rad way to, to go about recording it. Cause you know, you're so many people do, you know, 30, 40, 50 takes on something just to make sure it's right. And I, th- I think that's so rad that you just use the one take and that's it. That's all. And are you, are it you just, saying it adds to are, the intensity? Are you it. saying you're a fan of the first take best take? No, I'm not saying first thought, best thought. No, I'm not John Feldman over here. I'm just saying in this instance, I think it worked well. 
it doesn't always work well, but in this instance, it did. I so. mean, I did it. Did it work well? Did it not work well? I don't know, but it's how it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, no, it did it's work honest. Well. This is, but, that's but why it's, it's it's the best song on the album. That's why it's but the it's one B. Yeah. No, but it's also the the honesty of it, or the 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 how genuine it is, because. Like we just said, John Fellman does this first thought, best thought thing, but then that seems very forced. It seems like, okay, let's just do it, and then that's it. Like this, this just seems very or, oh, fuck, organic. I hate using that fucking word too. All the buzzwords, dude. Vibe, I organic. Know, vibe, hey, organic. Yeah. Listen, Th- this seems Foods, way more natural th- than a normal John Feldman first thought, best thought. I don't know what this John Feldman first thought, best thought thing is, but but you know um, who John Feldman is right. <sighs> That name sounds really familiar. So he's he's the singer songwriter for Goldfinger. You know, super the song Superman. Okay, okay. Yeah, produced so one of my favorite guy. albums of all time, the used. The used the first the first well, he's produced most of the used records. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, he did the first used record. But that was like the last great thing he did, and that was two thousand three. Um, but you know, he did the he did the last two Blink records, which were pretty not very good at all. He's done a lot of bad stuff, um, like mostly bad stuff. And his his whole thing is like first thought, best thought, like you, whatever you have, let's lay it down, and that's what we're gonna use. See, and, and I, I didn't and it leads follow, to a lot of like bad shit. I didn't follow that mantra through the whole album. Like, uh, yeah, like every every vocal performance was off the top of my head. But for instance, like for Night Beach, I I did pro- probably like nine different takes for Night Beach before okay. i landed with what i wanted right um yeah but every take was off the top of my head so the whole album is ad-libbed but that yeah, doesn't but it, mean that i took my first take every time I, that's what i like about it like it, nothing about it seems forced yeah like, that's what i'm saying it's not like feldman where it's where he wants that that's only that's the only thing he wants and they kind of rely on that it that formula to make a song take. yeah but <laughs> yeah. you did this just more of just for the fuck of it you know it's not, yeah nothing nothing ever seemed forced on on this one well so, and for incredibly mm-hmm. powerful i i just i literally like i i tried a few times um to write some lyrics and to perform the lyrics and it didn't sound manic and creepy and scary enough like it didn't sound like the shit that my wife would come and be concerned about at five thirty in the morning, right? Like only the yeah. first take sounded like that, and and to me that was important as a bipolar person. Like, it for someone listening to the album, they can actually hear what an actual manic episode sounds like. You know how yeah, like how often it, it, do you get to hear that? No, you you really don't. It's very very rare. Yeah. So like and just just because I I do think this song sounds sounds very, very very verby very wet. Is that is that is that an intentional thing? Is that just me? Is, is it no, the ocean sounds. The ocean yeah. sounds. No 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 no. That's that's definitely on purpose. The the actual music part of it is very much on purpose. Um, I spent I spent a. You know, I spent about four hours composing the music to it. Um, and I wanted it. I wanted, especially after the end of Pavlov's God, I wanted it to sound like a helicopter of war landing on a beach. Huh. And and cool. so to me, that's what I hear when I hear the beginning of Incredibly Powerful. 
is it's it's almost like a vietnam setting where a helicopter is landing on a beach and you're about to go into war and then all of a sudden you have that like and that baseline is just so unforgiving and it's just like get the fuck up and go <laughs> and and it's that the whole album even up until the point where it's this like paranoid schizophrenic vocal up until the very last point of the of the song where it's just like give me something so i can make more you know and it's like mm-hmm. it's like the mania hits a point where it's like let me keep this going and yeah. i have to throw this out before anything else is said the can you give me something so i can make more is a lyric that i lifted from an i am the ocean song called um chasing bears and reading scriptures and uh the lead singer and head songwriter for that album is one of my very great friends who i consider a brother kellen thane dop who i actually asked if i could use that lyric to end the album and he gave me the blessing that's super cool artist permissions baby look at that That's really rad yeah so so the very end of the album is is a nod to one of my favorite songs on one of my favorite albums from one of my favorite people and musicians so that dude this song means a lot to me uh, i'm i'm really stoked this is like your 1b jeff like that's really cool Let's uh, let, let's play a little bit of this song. Uh, I feel incredibly powerful and, and incredibly scary from Dane and the Death Machine.
There it is. I feel incredibly powerful and, and incredibly scary. From Dane and the Death Machine. Good stuff, man. Good, good stuff. Thank you. Um, all right. So let's, um, I mean, I feel like there's one song I want to talk about in particular, but after that, I'm, I'm good to wrap it up on this record. Um, is there, what, what do you think, Jeff or Dane, or what do you guys think? I mean, at, at least like barcode. Did we talk about barcode? We touched upon it because it kind of because it bled into Moon Rocks. I mean, like barcode itself is my two B. That's my my second fave. Oh, okay. nice. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's I, if we I don't remember talking about it, but did we talk about it? Uh, we we just not we, a whole I lot. Mean, yeah, we're not a whole lot. We didn't get we didn't dive into it. <laughs> we just I mentioned not, it several was times. I not paying attention. I mean, there's not no. like a whole lot to dive in, right? I, no, I don't know. I'd like to hear your thoughts though, Jeff. Honestly, yeah, what it's, do we um, got? So so like there's that that soft piano, right over the that ominous like single note thing. I think like right out the gate here, like right off the bat, we are setting the tone for the album. If if you have no idea what it is, if you have no idea the the, the color scheme of of the artwork, who you are, what like Dane is about, anything like that, if you only hear just the first twenty seconds. Like you're already like given a thesis statement for what this album is going to sound like, hmm. and that's tough to do. That's tough to do, right out the gates. Like not a lot of not a lot of artists can kind of give you give you that thesis statement where here is what the album is going to sound like, but only give you you know X amount when in actuality it's going to be X times infinity, and that's that's cool. I like that. It already gives you that slightly unsettling feeling. And I like how the song builds. I like how the song builds onto itself. It gets louder. It gets more aggressive. There's a lot of layers. And it just bleeds right into Moon Rocks. And like thus the rest of the album. I dig it. I, I'd yeah, like I, to imagine I, that uh, that the the first person, you know, who's listening to the album, whoever that person is, their first time listening to the album is is just sitting down and they hear the gong and they hear the little piano and... They're just like, okay, I don't know what the hell this is. And then it just like, boom, and it hits with that first drum part. And then, boom, it hits with that third part. And I just like to imagine that they're just, like, after that track, they're just like, I don't know what's going to happen after this, but I'm down for the ride. You know? <clears throat> like, that's that's yeah. what I tried to do with that. I, so. I agree with you. I, mean, I, I, I With this song... The, I think the gong is always like it's such a cool way to start a song or, or especially an album, but you you condensed essentially the entire record into this two two and a half minutes however long the song is, because you you drop after after that part you have that that like my girlfriend said that Chinese Christmas sounding part, and then it, it so the right there right then and there you have something a little bit off not off but a little bit you you have something unique there that makes it stand out from normal like electronic music. And then it drops into this big, to like a big bass heavy beat that's very much industrial. And as the song progresses over that, that two, two and a half minutes, the drums and everything gets more and more frantic and then it finishes up and then the whole, and then the record actually starts. So this is like the, <laughs> the, the, the was, I guess this would be the, the prologue of the record. This is getting you started and then the real record actually starts on Moon Rocks. So this is the so yeah, Barcode Tattoos is a very much condensed version of it, of the entire record, without lyrics. Totally. So that's that's kind of what I, that's kind of my my thought on on this particular song. 
It's good stuff. I, I love the track, and I'm stoked that it, it's a B at all. Because um, I, you know, a, a little two minute intro track could very well not be a B. And uh, yeah. I, I love it. I, I think I think it is really important and like you said, it's like a prologue. It's I I wanted to set this up for an expectation so someone listens to the album for the first time within two minutes they're like, All right, all right. I'm You know ready. what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Like I'm ready for some uh I'm ready for some weirdness. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Should, should we play a little bit of uh of barcode? Yeah, let's do it. Fuck it, let's do it. So here it is from Dane and the Death Machine. go a little bit of barcode tattoos the opener for vampire disco all right um so we're, we're good with this song i'm pretty sure right do we have anything else on this one that's good all right i'm i'm just gonna throw in that uh mm-hmm. when i wrote this song i thought about henry rollins and Why? his barcode okay. tattoo oh oh the black flag it, tattoo no 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 not his black flag tattoo his barcode tattoo he has and, a barcode tattoo. Yeah, he has a barcode tattoo. At least, as least, as far as I understand, I, man, I could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure Henry Rollins has a barcode tattoo. I mean, I I believe you. I I'm not I'm not saying I don't believe you. I just I've but never heard of that or. Seen I that mean, before. now I'm doubting myself, but I thought I liked Henry Rollins a lot. Um, <laughs> but now I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm like maybe I don't like him as much as I I think I do. Um, no, Henry Rollins is dope, but I I, I yeah, think like great. the tattoo on the back. I think he's one. I think he's a black flag tattoo on the back of his neck. Yeah, I'm looking no, at no, no. Now. He he definitely has a black flag tattoo. I know that. Yeah, I can't one on imagine the... Rollins getting a, a barcode tattoo. Not that it mean makes any fucking. Well, I thought that was he does one. he does. He does have one. I'm looking at it right now. It's, no, it's that's the, the black. That's the black thing. flag one. It's the whole punk thing. I thought. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, I've only known one person in my entire life to have a barcode tattoo, and that was one of Tyler's friends in Who? high school. I Who can't remember it? his name, but he always well, wore one of them goofy, like little tiny hats. Is like, it like the wore on on Johnny? On, uh, on Endor? Johnny. Was it Johnny? Johnny. I think he was Who? in the military at some point too. Maybe you know. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell White you. White guy. I don't know who got a barcode. 
It was on his lip, in the inside of his lip. Oh, that wasn't a barcode. I know you're that you're talking about Kent. Okay. Maybe we're yeah, Kent, maybe he, we're he all wrong. Maybe no one he, has a barcode tattoo. <laughs> he didn't have a barcode on this on the inside of his lip. He had it tattooed to say uh, "Taste of Ink" after the used. Song. Oh God, that's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. It was "Taste of Ink." Yeah. Oh, I, I like the dedication though. <laughs> that's even. Because oh, that song just like came that. out, it, that song like j- had just come out, and he loved that song. He loved oh, that record, that okay. first used record, and then yeah, he got did, a tattoo. Did he did he always wear like a like a small little follow boy looking hat or something? Am I just uh, making that up? Yeah, every once in a while, yeah, he he wore like a small little like um, yeah, he wore it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, maybe like him. the maybe like the only time and I he was, saw him or whatever, he was a blonde him. guy, kind of kind of a shoulder yeah, for sure, yeah, blonde guy, yeah, kind of a sur- he was very surfer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's Kent. Yeah, that was for sure Kent. Okay, so so real quick, I do want to talk at least about one other song. It's my 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 biggest banger off of this record that we have not talked. We haven't even mentioned it. I don't think we've mentioned it. But Impaler. my favorite song, what? Impaler? No, it is not. Hit and Run. No, it is not. He mentioned Voodoo Ranger, so that can't be it. Oh, did he mention it? Attention. Okay, that's fine. Okay, well, I guess I wasn't. Is Voodoo, yeah, Ranger... Voodoo Ranger? Is my favorite song. That's your one B. My that's my one B. Yes, 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 yes. So. I, I like the the kind of like shuffling electronic drum beat that that's kind of playing throughout the song. Uh, this is one of the few songs too I noticed where you're not using filters on your voice. It's more of your natural voice, and and I thought that was that, that was a that was an interesting touch. And with that, it reminded me a lot of Marilyn Manson, like his, like kind of the the slower stuff that Manson does. Your voice reminds me of that, and I mean that in a positive way, not not a negative way at all. And I know you're a Manson fan, so I think. You're gonna I, take as a compliment. I'm not taking that as anything but a compliment. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I got a <laughs> lot of Manson vibes from this song, or at least your vocals on this one. Um, the uh, I do like your the usage of the that that guitar riff, the distorted guitar riff, with the um, the I guess it's just the keyboard and whatever you you guys are doing on the, with the keyboard. That kind of the high and the low of that. It reminds me so much. Jeff's not going to understand this, but I think you will because you played these games. But it reminded me so much of music from um, Final Fantasy VIII and Final Fantasy VII. Like yep. if you take the vocals out, there are poor, like many parts of the song that could have been put into the one of those two games, oh, more specifically yeah. Final Fantasy VIII. But yeah, this is uh, th- this is my this is the best song on the record for me. Voodoo Ranger. Okay. Okay. This is okay, this okay. is Alec. Some, I, I'm going to speak for Alec. Honestly, I think this is Alex 1B too. Is it? Okay. Like, he loves this song so damn much. And um, it, you, you want to know the truth? Like, I thought this song was going to be such a stinker. <laughs> I really not? did. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I put <sighs> this song and Night Beach... I probably mm-hmm. spent two and a half hours each on both of them. And yeah. um, okay. Voodoo Ranger, I I did all of the vocals in one shot. Okay. Like, I, I, I did one and done for the vocals. And um, I don't know. I, I just, well, that's, I was so it's conscious because about it. What's interesting is that Voodoo Ranger and Night Beach are the two 
you know, the two outlier songs. They're the two songs that don't really sound like everything else on the record. I know. So it's really interesting that, that you said that they they were made very quickly and, and, and everything like that. And they're the two oh. most popular. I I know for sure, based off of the Spotify metrics, that Night mm-hmm. Beach and Voodoo Ranger are the two most popular songs on the album. And uh dude, fuck? it's 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 <laughs> wild. It's wild to me because like I just made all of those lyrics up and and I when I first started listening to it, I was like, it's so obvious that I'm just freestyling, right? Well, in Voodoo Ranger for sure. There's one part yeah. in Voodoo Ranger that ties the camp of the album together in one single part. What is that? What what part is That's that? The fucking laugh. You laugh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's you just there just it is. Like that. You just did it. Just like that. <laughs> That's my <laughs> actual. <laughs> That's actually how I laugh. Uh... <laughs> but like, but like the laugh, the laugh is, the laugh is like just, just enough, like kind of camp, so it like it eases a bit of the tension, but it doesn't like erase it entirely. Yeah, it, it kind of like gives us room to breathe, and that's what. Um, not that it needed it, but that's what like like the last album that we did, the the DSM, the DSM didn't have any kind of like 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 relief like that. It was unrelenting. This one does have relief because this is kind of like a fun album, based in in melancholy themes. So that laugh was kind of like to break it up. That's what I I thought the laugh was for. I like the laugh. I dug it. Well, dude, the laugh was literally, I mean, I was doing it in one take. It was all just whatever. And the laugh just, I hit that second verse and it was just, the world is falling apart. And it struck me as as literally so funny. Like, <laughs> I like while I was recording it, it just, it like I'm sitting here thinking about a pandemic and nuclear war and my children and my wife and my job and and how every like it's just how like we can't even uh, barely afford to rent this fucking apartment right and it's just like it, it all just struck me as so hilarious all of a sudden and and so that laugh was genuine you know and and of course campy of course it adds to the camp of the album but like it was this but it moment was that, of just that makes it really cool though yeah, you got like a, you just have like a good like 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 Vincent Price sounding laugh. It's just a, <laughs> just a good laugh, right? Like, like perfect amount of like camp, but kind of like is he is he serious? Is he not serious? I don't know. I feel a little bit weird about it. It's good. It's a good laugh. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah. Oh, dude, that that track. I and you know I was so worried about it because it was uh, it's it's like the only track on the album that's like I don't know maybe maybe a rap like you know what I mean like it's hmm. it's close to like a rap almost like it's close to a hip hop track a trip hop track and okay. uh, and and here I am just freestyling. And there's even that one part where it's like this flows off the top of my head, you know, like so you, as if my so you, third eye is open, as so if wait, I so got you, dead. And you really didn't cut this at all. Like you really just you played the track through and you just kind of sang along and did. One hundred percent. There's nothing. That's cut. fucking this wild, is, man. That, this was no all. Cuts. This was all. 
there's there's not only no cuts no preparation i pressed record i did vocals on the first take and i kept it on the first take that's pretty fucking rad I've, Damn, I've, okay. I've actually i actually used to win rap battles back in my uh early 20s i i, I heard <laughs> i remember i remember seeing yeah. posters shut up <laughs> i actually do dude, uh... i i actually i actually have had uh quite a few experiences where i have rap battled a few people and just smoked their asses <laughs> That's yeah. the best thing to do with ass is to smoke them for sure. Yeah, oh, oh, dude, just smoke them till they're sweet with a little bit of brown sugar. Get that candy apple. There ass you go. Right there in your we go. Face. <laughs> oh. This is this is this is like a, a question uh, for you to answer for Alec. Does he is he a fan of Modest Mouse? Do you know if he likes Modest Mouse at all? Alec's not a huge Modest Mouse fan. Gotcha. I I I heard a lot of Modest Mouse in the song, like those higher synth parts, like in. Uh, and, and kind of like that that guitar line that that props up the vocal pattern that was very modest yeah. mouse to me early modest mouse to me sounding i was just curious so i i really i really did the majority of the songwriting and and recording on this shit and uh and do you, just, do you like modest mouse i guess i yes. should ask if, if okay. yes i love modest mouse um yeah. alec alec is always though he always has such a pop sensibility about him like ever since we've been making music he he always knew what the coolest shit was you know and and so that's why i think this was so great for him as a producer because he just knows he he knows what people want to hear and um i am such a just a fuck where I'm just like, I, I want to make avant-garde <laughs> stuff. And yeah. people people should just like it because it's <laughs> new and different, right? But of it's course... Like no Andy one... Warhol over here. Exactly. <laughs> no one likes that shit. Like, like no one, no one actually wants that shit. And so, like, that's why Alec and I have worked so well together is because, like, I'm over here just like, I'm just going to record hitting a fucking pot with a drumstick full of water for three hours and what can you make out of that right and then alec makes like this hit song out of me <laughs> just like hitting a fucking ah, yeah so that's that's what happened with this album but okay, he loves okay. he loves voodoo ranger he lo- he thinks voodoo ranger is the best song on the album and i didn't see it and uh, I've had so much feedback of people saying Voodoo Ranger is like their favorite song. So I'm an idiot. Well, I mean, it's, I it's, it, it's the fifth best song on the album. That's, I'll give him well, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I, that's I true. actually I actually might be an idiot, though. Like, I don't know what people like. I, I just <laughs> I, I make music to make myself happy. And well, that's the point, isn't it? I mean, Yes and no. For me, yeah. Um, <laughs> for other bands, maybe not. There's, there's yeah. definitely like an air of, 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 but like, like you, you, you will not make music anymore if everybody just shits all over and thinks it's fucking trash. It's just, like, like what's the point then? No, right? Cause, I, cause, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Um, but like, there has to be an air of, of I want people to like this because that's, that's what like humans do is we, we aim to please overall like in our lives so 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. There, there is there is an aspect of of pop in in all music that's being made. So don't 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 sell yourself short there, Mister Banging a, a pot with water inside on a with a drumstick <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. All right. So I I, I feel like we we pretty much talked about everything on this record. Uh, let, let's kind of wrap it up and then cool. give our final thoughts. Give our our uh, rating of this record. So anybody listening who doesn't already know. We have our world-famous three-point rating system where three is a perfect album, two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to, one is a bad album, but give it a shot, and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So uh, let's start with you, Jeff. Uh, what, what are your final thoughts and your rating? Go. So this is not this is not as, like like I said earlier, it's not as, as, as exhausting as, as, as DSM, D, uh, what was it, DSM-5, DSM what was five. it called? Yeah. DSM-5. DSM five, I don't know why that's so difficult to remember. That's actually really easy to remember. Um, yeah, this was not as is. like emotionally draining. I think like conceptually, this wasn't uh, this wasn't as 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 aggressive. But I don't. I don't think that maybe that maybe was wasn't the the entire point. I don't know. I did get a lot out of this. I, I thought this was refreshing. I thought this was fun. This was exciting, and I had a good time with this. But I still felt kind of bad. I still felt kind of like a kind of sad, like a little, little melancholy, a little melancholy, as if we were to our Swedish punk friends. So I, I, I don't know. I don't really know what I'm saying at this point. This was. <laughs> no, I don't either. <laughs> you were filling some melons. I was feeling some melons. Um, yes. I really. I'm not even a big melon fan. I like watermelons, but cantaloupes, honeydews, bleh. Yeah, no melons one, are like the worst fruit. They're just no yeah. the worst overrated, dude. It's like bullshit, like like brunch f- shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just and none of it really has a lot of taste. No, it's, uh, it's I like watermelon. Bullshit. Watermelon is effort. great. It's a lot of effort, though. It's well, too watery, man. Because way of the too seeds. watery. Get the fuck out of here! It's too bad. No, like the it's too much effort. Because then, because your kids like, oh, let's buy a watermelon. Like, the, bitch, who's gonna fucking cut it then? Who, who's gonna clean up the mess after we're done? And then what do you do with those rinds? Okay, everyone's hands all sticky. Do you know they're wiping them on the counters? Whatever. This this uh, <laughs> this was fun. I like the I did. I, I honestly I love the artwork. Like my favorite color is purple. I love the pinks. I love the dark stuffs. I like it. I love everything about this. And I like I like when musicians do electronic albums, except for the black audio stuff because I just don't think that's good. I like when musicians <laughs> do electronic albums because i like electronic music but i if, if you're not like a musician and you're just kind of like a guy who who wants to do like an electronic album it's not based in like musical theory as i know it it's just here's what i think sounds good and it, it almost always comes off as just kind of like one-dimensional and and just boring this this was this was like an album done by by somebody who clearly knows what they like in music, knows what they want out of their music, and just did like an electronic album. And there's a lot to dive into, and I like that. I like that complexity, because just because electronic doesn't mean that it has to be kind of like boring and bad. I don't, I, I don't think like overall this was as good as DSM-5, just because mm. I think that was like some next level shit. Maybe, I remember like getting really, really into it, like with the uh, lyrics and everything. That was fun, but I do think this is really, really good, and I like this a lot. I would do, I do two point eight. I do two point eight on this. Okay, 
two point eight out of three. Out of three, out of three, three. Yeah. three being a perfect album. Yeah. Okay. So, so my 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 thing with this record, I went back and listened to. I really, I mean, I listened to all your rec, all the all your music on Spotify, and plus a couple more that I have in my own my own collection. Um, and basing this off of the four records the four big records so you know there's this there's dsm there's ammonia meets bleach and then there's thanatron this sits out of the four this sits probably this sits number two right now this sits number two for me on the ranking so it's ammonia this uh dsm and then thanatron after listening to them all this week that's kind of where this one sits for me um I th- I do like that that you went this the electronic route. I th- thought it was it was just so different from everything I've known you to to make and what I've seen you create over the years. It's just so wildly different, and I thought that was it was super cool. It was super interesting. I I thought the way you promoted this with with the, all the the AI the AI artwork was fantastic. That added so much more depth and feel to this record. That that part of it was excellent. Um, uh, another thing with this record, which I, I didn't touch upon, but I, I did want to, is that this is a this is an album that where you could take all the vocals out, and it would still be just as cool. It would still be just as rad. The songs would stand, would could stand by themselves without vocals, and not a lot of records, even electronic records, can't make that claim. Like a lot of that shit would be would be really boring. But there's enough complexity within the songs to where they build well enough, and they're still exciting. It's not the same the same droning beat for three and a half minutes. You know, there's enough, there's enough there to, to keep you interested. And, um, yeah, I, I, I I like that part of the album a lot. And, um, I do like also that you, you, you did, you put a lot, you left a lot of things in that were first takes. And I, I thought, I think that's really good and it wasn't forced like, uh, like John Feldman. So yeah, with that, with all that being said, um, I'll give this one, I'll give this one a two point seven five. I don't remember what I gave DSM. I think I might have given it given it the same, but at this point, I do like this more than DSM. Um, not by much, but I still I still like it more than DSM. Okay, okay. I think but, you gave uh, DSM yeah. a, a three. Two point two point seven uh, two point seven five out of out of three for me. So wait, that's what did, I got, man. Did Jeff just say he gave DSM a three? I think he did. I think he yeah. did, Jeff. Pretty what? sure you did. You didn't the first time around. Like, did you just give it a three just now? I think I did give it a three the I think first he, time I, around. No, though. I think you did give it no. a three on, on the I podcast. Think he, I think you gave it like a 2.8 or something the first time. Did he? You you did not give it a perfect score. I know that. Fuck, I don't remember. Maybe it was just being like a... But uh, you just gave it a perfect score right now, it. and I'm taking it. I'm taking it. <laughs> <laughs> You just gave DSM five a three. Just take my like, <laughs> take my sound clip out of context and just say <laughs> three and a three. It happened. Like, it happened. Use that it as a happened. promotion on your socials. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, do you, what, do you have anything to to wrap this up, Dane? Before we we play our outro music you, and kind of give your review you know, of it and your your score. Yeah, oh, yeah I, I, mean, I know. I know for a give fact it a we made you we made you give a score in DSM. I know we did. You that. did. You oh, did. Okay. I I think I I think I gave a DSM a two point eight. I'm okay. pretty sure. And and then I'm pretty sure on the same podcast I said Vampire Disco was going to happen and I was going to give you it. Did. 
I, I, I think I said I was going to give it like a two or something. Did you? Okay. All right. I, I like, I'm pretty sure I, I was going to like undersell vampire disco pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but where does so, it sit now? So now I think I'd probably give it like a, a 0.5. No. Get the fuck out of here! What the fuck are you talking about? After all, after two hours of this, you give it a zero point five. That'd be ballsy, though. I'd respect it. I'd respect I would it. respect it. Yeah, I would respect it. Um, no, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I'd rate Vampire Disco. Man, I I think I think Vampire Disco, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I'll give it a three cause it was just so much fun for me. It was so much fun. And, uh, mm-hmm. I know for Alec, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, and, and I know that there were so many people in my life who couldn't care less about Dane and the death machine who suddenly really liked the songs on this album. And, um, I had people like my mom, like my mom likes this album. That's uh, right. My my mom doesn't like any Dane of the Death Machine album, <laughs> and uh, and she really likes this one. And uh, my sister likes it. Like I, it's just it's just crazy. Like all these people who don't like Dane of the Death Machine really like this album. I don't know what that says about Dane and the Death Machine, and I don't know what that says about this album, but I'm glad I could make something that uh, a, b- a bunch of people that I care about really enjoy. And so mm-hmm. for me, that's a th- that's a three. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, these, these, these same people did not like dsm5 they didn't like when ammonia meets bleach they didn't like thanatron they they you know uh and and they like they like this they it's fun it's a fun album yeah, it's, damn it's, it. it's more lighthearted. i mean yeah like you i mean ammonia meets bleach and thanatron man those are dark records especially thanatron i i, th- I feel like that's your darkest record um and i and I, I understand why that might not resonate with some people i mean and then this being so pop not poppy but way more uplifting and 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 i guess pop driven is the best way to put it well and it's fun it's just fun it's 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 just it's dark themes it's it's the same dark themes but it's just done in a light-hearted way you know yeah where where like dsm5 the main character and 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 the same with when ammonia meets bleach and the same with thanatron they go through this journey that's very dark and it's very hard and is very complicated and it has to do with a lot of loss and a lot of misunderstandings and and just dark themes and here we have vampire disco where it's the main character turns into a vampire during the fucking pandemic of 2020 Mm -hmm. and and it's something everyone can relate to yeah, you know, yeah. like the other albums have been so personal about me and about my own struggles and my own interpersonal relationships. 
that it was really nice to write something that was universal. And it, and it goes in line with pop music. I mean, a lot of pop music is is more, it's not as personal as a lot of, you know, alternative music is or whatever, you know what I mean? So it it just, it all kind of makes sense. It really does. But um, I don't know. I, do we have anything else on, on Vampire Disco or really anything else at all? Uh, the uh, only last thing I can throw in is that we have a new single coming out called Fire Hose, and uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be one song that we dissect into uh, three to four different ways. Okay. And, you mean like uh, you're gonna do it in like different genres, like the same song in different styles? Um. Like gonna do a ska version, like third wave no, ska, and then like a metal not, version. Or? No, not necessarily. I don't know. You you're gonna have to wait and see, I guess. But it's uh it's a very pop forward song. It, it's very uplifting. It's very pop forward. But it's about a guy who falls asleep smoking cigarettes in his bed in an apartment and causes causes an apartment fire, and. Uh, Everyone dies and goes through the reincarnation cycle. Um, but right. it's it's going to be super poppy, and everyone should look out for the Firehose single that's coming out very soon. That's, okay. that's Definitely, my last yeah. little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll promote it on on the podcast. You know, socials. We always do that. We we always like to promote people we we know and we like. So. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely talk about it for sure and promote it. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, obviously, any anytime you you want to come on or you and Alec want to come on, I know you said that you and Alec were working on something um, that you want to you're gonna you're gonna release soon. I think it was the, the life support thing. Um, obviously, we'd love to have you guys on. So, well, yeah. we have we have another Dana the Death Machine album actually that's in the works. And okay. uh, we have all of the uh, bass and drum already recorded for it. Dude, we're not going to stop. Just so everyone knows, we're not going to stop. <laughs> we're like, I plan on releasing two albums a year for the rest of my life until I die. Fuck yeah. Let's do it, man. Yeah. So uh, so, so long as they're this good, then I'm, I'm totally fine with it. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into it, man. We will get into it. Yeah. Like, like, just so you know, like it is coming like it and, and the years stop coming and they don't stop coming, stop coming. Ooh, don't you be quoting <laughs> smash mouth up on this podcast. Okay. All right. Okay. We love us some smash mouth. I um. did it. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Let, yeah. Let's, uh, let, let, let's, let's get going. And then, um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Let's wrap it up. We'll talk more after the pod and after we're recording and we'll make plans for future episodes. But um, I don't know. Any last words? People? I love you guys. I love you guys. uh, Tyler, Jeff, I love you. Love you too, man. Love love you too. too. (laughs) All right. Well, thank thank you all for listening. Go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. You know the drill. Go do that. Keep listening to all your friends. And that's it. That's all. Done.
even over our claps. Um, well, he's always had like little BCs. So that's something new. It's a cheering good, idiot. It's a, <laughs> a little BCs. Yeah, little bitch BC, claps. little bitch claps. Little bitch claps. <laughs> you don't know about that. You've never even oh. seen it. Oh, I don't know about Okay. Okay. <laughs> have you seen Queen of the Damned? Of course I've seen Queen of the Damned. Okay, mm. but have you read the Vampire Lestat? Anytime oh, you say, have book. you read, just stop, because the answer is going to be no. <laughs> the last book he read was Shel Silverstein in, like, third grade. No, I read, actually, I read it, like, a couple attic. fucking weeks ago. It was, Ooh, it was really a light in the it? attic. Yeah, because I bought the vinyl. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 you have the vinyl now. A light in the attic is <laughs> so good. Yeah, and so another thing real quick on this song. Were you watching Space Jam a lot when you... <laughs> When you wrote this song? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> First of all, we have to clarify. Um, are you talking the Jordan or LeBron? But Steve Miller band sucks. That's okay. That's not true. Because uh, like early Steve Miller band, when it was just a little psychedelic, kind of bluesy, just jam stuff. Fucking fantastic. Okay, but like Abracadabra, I'm going to reach out and grab you. Stop choosing the dumbest <laughs> song, okay? <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm like, how many bands make a song that dumb? Uh, Sugar Ray covered that song. It was fucking fantastic. Well, That's Sugar true. Ray Sugar really Ray is... Yeah, you love Sugar awesome, Ray dude. now. Don't even, you love Sugar Ray now. I know. I'm, I'm having a hard time. Oregon? He, he writes his own music, so he has to play something. And... One time I read this whole thing where like there was this person on an airplane and Seal was also on the airplane and Seal took out of his carry-on a whole loaf of bread. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. And then this is so ridiculous. And then he ate the entire loaf of bread piece by piece on the three hour flight. That's fucking bizarre. <laughs> this had to have been like pre September 11th because, like, like, bread sanctions came into place after <laughs> September 11th. <laughs> it was on Reddit, so I cannot verify. But, you can't confirm that, yeah. but that is the best SEAL story of all time. Like, could you imagine <laughs> he's, he's like on his way to the Alps to go on a ski session with Heidi Klum and he just takes a bag of Wonder Bread out? And just like piece <laughs> by piece, eats dude. If it was one, what is he, he's like a duck. If it was, <laughs> <laughs> like, like Seal wouldn't even buy like better bread, like a multigrain or a rye or something. He still just sticks it's with just it. <laughs> it's just wonder bread. That's what a seal would eat. (laughs) It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. (laughs) And Voodoo Ranger for sure. There's one part in Voodoo Ranger that ties the camp of the album together in one single part. What is that? What what part is that? To fucking laugh. You laugh. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. That's you just there just it is. Like that. You just did it. Just like that. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually how I left. Uh, <laughs> but like, 
but like the laugh the laugh is the laugh is like just just enough like kind of camp so it like it eases a bit of the tension but it doesn't like erase it entirely 